Avenge the Fallen. Hey everyone, I'm John, and this is a special bonus episode of Sketch Watch Play. Much like last year, we're dedicated entirely to unpacking Marvel's grand finale for everything up to this point, pretty much. If you're new to the show, you can find and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and most podcast directories. We're on Twitter at SketchWatchPlay and Facebook.com slash SketchWatchPlay as well. I also want to give a shout-out, as thanks for a shout-out, to the awesome podcast Haiti Remember. They're dedicated to revisiting a nostalgic movie, usually from the 80s to early 2000s, every two weeks. Uh, I've been listening to them for about four years, and I love those guys enough to join their Patreon, which can earn you a shout-out on the show. So they recently gave Sketch Watch Play a shout-out when they did an episode devoted to She's All That. I absolutely recommend that any movie fan listening to us listen to them as well, because they're great both at funny observations and legit analyzing aspects of filmmaking and storytelling in every movie they watch. So again, big thanks to them, and a big thanks to today's returning guest. Because after episode 10's Marvel retrospective a good two years ago, and last year's Infinity War spoiler cast, he was both on them and it would feel wrong to talk this movie with anybody besides Mr. Tyler Moliterno. Tyler, how are you? Hey, how's it going? It's been a little while. It has. I was just thinking that, that Marvel retrospective, how many movies have you admitted that? Because it felt like we were like... It was like a big task, but it now was. It's been so many more. It would be, since even, then. yeah, it would be even taller if we tried to do it now. But to be fair, a lot of uh, the individual movies we have covered, we did miss just due to scheduling. We missed. We haven't talked Guardians two. We haven't talked Captain Marvel yet. Um, so apologies for both of those. I'm thinking maybe I definitely want to do devote an episode to Guardians two at some point because it's legit become one of my favorites. Uh, Captain Marvel maybe too. I don't know what I could add that has been added that to the conversation other than really liked it. But, uh, yeah, so, Endgame, just, yeah, end of an era, guys, <laughs> and I, I think most of us were not prepared for everything this movie was going to throw at us, especially given all the secrecy, like, the promos, they took a big, I feel like the only reason they could, they were, they were allowed to take on this big risk of basically showing you nothing past the first like 15 20 minutes and everything else they showed had zero context that was nuts yeah Mm. they uh this is an extremely long movie it's three hours long and yet the marketing team only was given eight minutes of footage that they were allowed to use okay the entire film yeah that's why there's almost nothing because they basically said if we let if we give you anything else to show in these uh, commercials and trailers than these eight minutes, um, it'll ruin something that we're... Yeah. So we can't... We don't want people to know what the plot is. We know the Avengers are going to avenge the Fallen. We know they're going to do something to try to get everybody Thanos back. Thanos is still involved somehow. Yeah, we know Thanos returns. We know the Avengers are going to try to avenge uh, all of their Fallen members. And that's about all we knew going into this. Yep. Um, and, and some people were able to piece some stuff together. There were um, set pictures and stuff like that, but the marketing kept everything vague, and they really didn't want anybody to know what plot of the movie like, actually was. Did you read about the Russo's reasoning behind that? Uh, yeah, I did. That, uh, that I believe they said that when, the, uh, when Star Wars came out, I don't know. Specifically the Empire. One. Empire, because that big yeah. twist. Yeah. They... Uh, back then, like movies worked differently, and they basically sat in the movie theater the entire day and watched it over and over and over again because right. their minds were completely blown. There was no internet to give it away. 
Right. And they were like, we want to get jump back to that. We want to have that experience. Yeah. And I feel like with, if this was any other movie, Disney or whatever studios would be like, hell no. We want to showcase some of this stuff. But in this case, there was no way this was not going to make a billion dollars or more. So they were like, let's, we can do this this one time. Yeah. And, and the, when, when we're talking about like, we're here, it is uh, the Sunday after the release of the film. And yes, the recording on the 20th. Out. This movie made $350 million domestic. Um, it's hit a billion worldwide, and this is the first weekend. So all of that <laughs> talk about, like, we want to keep it secret, we want to make it special, because that's what we think is the best way to experience film. It paid off it big, because it made everybody really want to see this film so much mm-hmm. that, like, Showtime after showtime after showtime all weekend have been pulled out and they keep adding even later ones. It's a three hour movie and people are going to see this movie at two, uh, almost three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, so it paid off. It worked. This may, this movie made in its opening weekend a hundred million more than Infinity. Jesus. Yeah. And that's, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. And also both audience and critical buzz so far has been definitely mostly positive so man i wonder it's like it's like you said it, it, it is truly it is they're capping off 22 films 11 yeah. years over a decade of, of movies. movies yeah and they i they put a reference to just about every single thing that happened from the beginning to the end of yeah. the series now i did um, want to say yeah. um so Almost every review that has been out, even up to this point, every the be it a podcast, be it a video, be it a written article, they're being very careful not to give anything away that the uh, trailers haven't. They've had to speak mm-hmm. in terms of very vaguely. Um, some have I, – I think I can recommend uh, oneofus.net. Uh, I just listened to the Flash Filmcast. They did a, 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 the thing I wish more people were doing, which is – Give their spoiler-free thoughts early on, then give a warning. Just dive right into you, – you can't give your full thoughts on this movie without discussing the stuff that actually happens in it. Right. Well, even even to talk about it without spoiling anything – It's hard. Like I said, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, like they said, they, this is the, the footage we can give you that doesn't spoil anything. This movie is just so chock full of things that are so special to see that you don't want to ruin anything by talking about it. And we talked too much about this movie. Um, for people who haven't seen it yet, you're gonna probably have something ruined for them. That's Yes. Us, but, so I'd say what know. we should do is start off, if because we might have some people who start this episode off and then who haven't seen it yet but intend to. So let's just give our overall thoughts right now without, um, like, general thoughts. So I'll mm-hmm. say I'll say first, uh, all the speculation and I'll admit, I was reading a lot of articles or on like media sites in the months leading up to this, not just wondering about the title, but wondering about what is going to go down. What are the big things? Like, what is the process of avenging everyone? And yeah, there were some leaks. There was a lot of, be it things that outright confirmed certain aspects or, you know, started had people definitely, the rumor mill circulating about things that proved true. There was, I was kind of, I will say this movie is, you, it's three acts are very distinct from each other mm-hmm. compared to any other Marvel movie, really, especially in Infinity War. Uh, and my only real issue with that is that it 
can be a little jarring, the transition from act to act. You are basically watching three different movies in terms of tone and uh, structure. But it is all in the service of what's been going on the past, what just happened in Infinity War, and what this movie signifies in terms of setting both setting up some stuff for certain characters and putting a definitive capper on many others, particularly ones who have been around for a long time. And the second act, I was I've been worried about it for certain reasons once I had an idea of what it was, but we'll talk about how I felt about that. Uh, I will say first act, kind of a, a bold move and one that generally worked. And the third act is it was the it was what I envisioned when they were, had been hyping, you know, the grand crossover, the big finale. I my audience was flipping out. It was I saw this Thursday night first showing in my favorite theater. And I'm pretty I there was of the audience just unleashing like every minute that last act. It was mm-hmm. glorious. And I will say we'll get to more specifics, but by the time it's over, I just I spent the next two days just digesting and marveling. Haha, ha, pun not intended. <laughs> this is was beautiful. This was a tr- truly legit, wonderful r- wrap up capstone of so much. And I'm going to echo what I've been hearing people say. Like, obviously, the MCU will continue, and I'm going to stay excited about it that until the movies start to suck someday. But I was – this is the only time I'd been stressed about a movie being good because I was like, <laughs> there is so much riding on this. Their batting average has been so good. I've gotten so invested. It's been and so fun. they also fun. didn't let anybody see this until like days. Yes. And like I said, they still were not spoiling stuff. So I was like, imagine how brutally disappointing it will be if they didn't stick the landing. Mm-hmm. Imagine if just something fundamentally with the writing went wrong and we all were just like, what the fuck is this? And no, that's not what happened. So now I'm like, regardless of where the MCU goes from this point, if I ever tire of it and move on, I'm going to be like, when I was at my most obsessed with it, I got an ending. I got a finale. I got closure. So it's okay. So Tyler, I've blabbed a lot. General thoughts on the movie before you uh, we go in. Yeah. Um, general thoughts on this is that I... I truly don't think we'll ever experience something like this in film again. I think that this is this is an event. I, yep. It's hard to review this as a movie um, on its own, single-handedly, like as something that is exists in its own bubble because it's a essentially a sequel to twenty-one other films um, that have come before it, and. Because of that, it's, it's very difficult to say, you know, whether or not this this works as a movie on its own or not. I think they do a good job of making sure you know everything that's been happening in these movies that you could follow along if you haven't seen the movies. But it's really one of those things where if you've been with this since Iron Man in 2008 and you've watched all these films from the beginning to now and you're seeing it in a theater that is sold out because... It's still so like many crazy. people. Yeah, so many people want to see this movie. I'm so happy I got my background. tickets the day they went on sale, like the yeah, second people, of April. People are cheering. People are excited. And even me, my first experience watching this movie was Wednesday night. Oh. I didn't have a packed crowd, hmm. um, and I was still like, you know, freaking out. It, it, there was probably only like 
15 people that were watching it with me on Wednesday night, and mm-hmm. we were still, like, freaking out and cheering the whole time. And then, you know, getting to watch it again a second time with a completely packed crowd and, you know, I'm seeing it a third time tomorrow night. <laughs> like, Okay, I'm so you did get to see it again with the packed crowd. Yeah. Good. So I, I, I got to see it once, which was nice. I, I got I, – I didn't have to worry about getting spoiled because I – thought before everybody else did that was my intent with the thursday night one too right both you know internet's gonna spoil the hell of this and because i knew i saw uh infinity war on the friday it came out but it was the middle of the day i took it out from work it was not very packed and i was like look whatever endgame is doing that they're being so secret about i want i know that the people who will see it at the first screen at theater are super fans like me so there right. are going to be some reactions and there were uh there One were of the things that i noticed that was um like I work, I work at a movie theater. Yeah, um, and I worked at a, a different movie theater last year uh, that I currently. At. And when I worked at that last theater, I we we had the reserved seating and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was working the day that the tickets went on sale, and it was announced ahead of time. It was like this is the day the tickets go on sale at this time, and I remember I was working that morning and I was. Seeing how many people are buying tickets, like, oh man, a lot of people are buying tickets. I should probably like jump in and buy yeah. my ticket uh, for opening night. And I got like a decent seat for seven o'clock in the XD screen, like the big theater. And I was oh, awesome. I got everything covered. I'm good to go. And um, this time around, I set my alarm for like 10 a.m. because I think that's when I thought that's when the tickets were going to go on sale. And I didn't even know for sure they were going on sale because they hadn't officially announced it. It was just something everybody was like, hey, like, quiet. But tomorrow's the day. It's going to happen. Set my alarm for like 9.30 when I woke up. They had gone on sale at 7 a.m. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I'm going to, you know, I jump in there. Buy it. 7 o'clock, same theater I saw Infinity War in. Sold out. Mm. Two hours. So, like, for Infinity War, it, it was like later that day and they still had plenty of seats. Yep. This was like an hour, two two hours after they went on sale. The hype for this was even more real than Infinity War because we were, I'll admit in the lead up, I was wondering like how much Infinity War was going to be part of this actual finale because they had been so vague about both really, especially Endgame. Uh, It turns out not much. They left you on a hell of a cliffhanger, Mm -hmm. which probably contribute, you know, combine that with the the vague advertising and the confirmation this is a, a grand finale. I can understand the hyped up demand. Mm-hmm. Especially because I've th- mentioned this in the show in the past. Uh, my brother Patrick, past guest, also a big Marvel super fan, um, he saw this at a simultaneous another theater. Uh, so he, his girlfriend, had actually not been into the Marvel movies for a long time. She simply hadn't watched them because she assumed they were brainless, like Michael Bay type movies. Uh, but she works in very humanitarian type uh, work. So when Black Panther was a huge deal, she gave that a shot. And was like, oh, these are what Marvel movies are. And he has spent the past year at home with her catching, like, marathoning the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, though I will say her second movie was she went on Infinity War. Um, <laughs> which she said, I liked it, but other than T'Challa, I didn't know what was going on. Imagine if this was her, her first or second movie. Yeah, this is, I, I at least it would be impenetrable. if Infinity War is your first movie that you've seen, you can at least follow it along on this one. This. Because it's a direct sequel, but like. This. No. Yeah. No. This is a fan, a movie for fans. Um, mm-hmm. and thankfully they have quite a few of them by now. Uh, but I was, yeah. and I, I would was, say pretty much everybody at this point. Yeah. There's very so, few people who aren't. Um, but and, and real quick, 
uh, I might make this the thumbnail for the episode because me and Patrick exchanged texts before going in because we were both so mm-hmm. excited. And I was like, he was like, have fun. I was like, you too. And then you see a timestamp of three hours later. I just texted him, Jesus. And he just responded, Christ. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I was interrupting. So your general thoughts once you finally saw it. Uh, like I said, this is, there's never going to be anything like this again. That's kind of where, and, and it's hard to, to describe it like as just one movie because it, it it was so much that's been building up to it at this point. Um, I, I texted this to my, um, my co-thar of the breakdown, uh, Zach Kindred, mm-hmm. um, after he saw it, cause I didn't want to say anything to him. No. Uh, cause I didn't want him to know what it was like. I told him, I, okay, maybe this is a weird take, but I would say that this is like my eighth favorite MCU film. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's the greatest movie that's ever been made. <laughs> <laughs> I can kind of understand like, that. I'm like, this is the best movie of all time and also like not even my favorite Marvel movie. But I'm like, I, I can't think of a movie that's like you know, like this, like yeah. there's literally nothing like this. So yeah. it's impossible to not just in Marvel. It anything. Yeah. It's there's nothing like this. There's no movie franchise. that's had this many movies and has been able to sustain itself, keep them straight to keep it canon, to tie everything together and tell a cohesive story. And they did that with these movies in 11 years. They took a, like what? Six franchises, turned them into one giant franchise. I kept going one complete story. And then paid it off in a in a time. What I think one of the things I was always worried about with the MCU um, was like, well, if this just keeps going forever, where do we go from here? And like, this was the answer. It was like, well, they could they don't have to ever make another one. Yeah, they I'm will. excited that they're going to keep doing it, but they don't need to because they they knocked it out of the park with this. And to one be fair, it's perfect. a lot has changed after this movie. The yeah, roster, the where some of these characters are, where the world and universe are, we're we're gonna see some ramifications one way or another. Mm-hmm. They realize they, we can't keep this slate the same in the same basic setup, or people get tired of it. And it's not, and I and I don't think this is a, a spoiler to say this because I know we're we're kind of still in the early stages. Yeah, but when you say like, oh, the roster's different, things are changed, there's ramifications. It's not like. Well, that's because everybody's dead. It's because... No, it's not just deaths. It's These characters have all gone on journeys, and some of them have have changed through their journeys. In very unexpected ways. Yeah. And because and of that. that, yeah, because of that, it makes, like they say, it, 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 and Kevin Faggy and all these people, free Marcus and McFeely, who wrote it, have said, yeah, this is, this is you know, moving forward... Things are going to be different, and it's because that's where they kind of leave at the end of this movie. It's we've a lot of things have changed, but it's not not everything is is. I would say there's some things that are pretty final, but for the most part, this world can keep going and keep expanding and keep getting bigger. Mm-hmm. But you know, this is I would say this isn't the end of the MCU, and I get no. annoyed because I've seen. You know, like box office mojo is like the final movie in the MCU. No, it's not. No, it's, we it's know the final it's movie not. in this in this overarching the, the saga infinity, involving yeah, yeah the, the Infinity, infinity saga. saga is what is what this is called from Iron Man to Endgame. I, this is the I didn't think I'd saga. make this this comparison. It's the same way people were like, "It's Kingdom Hearts three, the last Kingdom Hearts game," and the creator had to keep going. No, it's just the end of this story arc, right? Um, and it's funny because I could make a lot of comparisons to how those both end, but I'll just post that on Reddit or something. 
but I, th- I guess, do you want to start diving into the actual talk and spoilers? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, but yeah, well, short stories to We both definitely recommend it. Uh, this is your last warning to turn back because, like you said, we're going to have to spoil the hell out of this movie. And starting up with um, great choice for an opening pre-logo scene with Hawkeye. Considering where he ends up as as after things happen, we we needed to see this. This is one of those things where, as soon as this movie, <laughs> we got to do this now. And it's one of those things you know you know you can infer you can figure it out, but now you got to watch it and shit. And it hurts because there's a good minute or so we all know what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And I, it's a kind of a nice – apparently I was reading – this is helps really earn uh, – because, you know, the family was introduced back in Age of Ultron. That was one of the best story moments because who would have guessed? We knew so little about Clint. And apparently even Joss Whedon had to, like, fight people to get it in. And now this really does drive – this was what drives Hawkeye for the movie. Yeah, this, is this is the most growth he's ever gone through is losing everyone and how that impacts him. I think that this is something that I would say is the 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 thing that they did so right with these with this movie is you can tell. I think I may or may say some of the things that I picked up on the way um, that these filmmakers watched all of these movies again. Oh yeah, and they were like, let it let us take everything that has been important or anything that could have been important. For these characters, and justify why we put these in the movie. Yes, like, now, why did we tell this story of this character? Why is that important to what story is now? And I think that is the reason why this movie is. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's a big part of it. And after that, so we are. I think I think said this. Right, we are going to let's just generally go in chronological order. We can do some skipping around at points if you want to bring certain things up. I might too. Uh, so after that, we get to what people, I know people wondering, like, what exactly is going to happen to, cause Tony and Nebula were the only survivors on Titan mm-hmm. after fighting Thanos and the snap happened. And it was a little unclear, like, how are they even going to get anywhere? So turns out, yeah, the Guardians were dead, but they had their ship, um, which Nebula knew how to use. And I guess they were trying to get back to Earth, but, it's been a while. It's been because we cut to we still don't really get to see what like happened right after the end of Infinity War, where everybody was still kind of in shock from what was happening. Uh, we start out. I think it's been three weeks later, and this this was the thing. The first teaser basically spoiled this, where Tony and Nebula were drifting. They had done what they could with the ship, but it was running out of fuel and everything. It was just stuck, and they expected to run out within a day. Um, I did love the little paper football scene. The idea that they um, were kind of becoming friends, it was kind of showcasing both, because Nebula was still very serious about things, but she, I gotta give props both to Karen Gillan and the writers, because Nebula was, and Guardians 1, one of my least favorite parts of it, because I felt there was nothing to her, but Guardians 2 really changed that, and this continues her redemption, basically. Right, and yeah, they, they kind of mentioned the ship was damaged on Titan with all the shit that was happening, so they, that's oh, I missed why that. Yeah, that. that's why they can't. That's why they're stuck. That's why they because, couldn't warp or anything, I guess. Right. It's it's broken, and so they were able to get away from it, not far enough to actually. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and the, and this scene with the football kind of ties back into what Nebula was talking about with Gamora, where she would lose to Gamora. Yeah. Way. So she's very competitive, even in, in the, the casual football. And yeah. that was, I think that was the moment before Infinity War that was the most effective at making you hate Thanos. Mm-hmm. Just that idea is so barbaric and he still even in Finney Wars that whole women a waste of parts thing like that just heartless but how that situation rips up so I was a little confused about this at first you know the introduction of Captain Marvel finding them the first which was probably the first big audience chair I was a little confused at first because they weren't explaining how she'd find them what she was doing there and I was also like does this mean because then she comes to Earth and there's no dialogue shared between her I was like does this mean that her her movie's credit scene is nullified now. The whole no, for your thing. It no. This is early. this was before. This was that was in between right. uh, Infinity War and this. She came there. They explained things, and I guess they told her part of fixing things is trying to find Tony. This is our last idea of where he might be. So yeah. brings it brings it back. Uh, you know the remaining OG Avengers plus uh, plus Rocket. Very happy he stuck around. Uh, and Pepper, who must have been stressed out a lot because she there was there she they couldn't know one way or the other is tony gone or not yeah like is he dusted did thanos kill him before that and now there's some closure and a little bit of something i was bracing for where there's no dialogue where rocket just walks up to nebula and sits down holds hands because she's the only event she's the only guardian there that says it all which because that him watching Groot die got to me really bad last time um and I gotta say, we Tony Stark and Rob Dungey have been so many props, but uh, this skinny, fucked up Tony for the next five minutes, best acting in the entire he's ever done in this franchise, for my money. I would say, I personally, I think he's incredible in Civil War. He's great in all these movies. Yes. Iron Man 3 and Civil War, I think, is where he really shines. But I mean, when he really he has to step out from his, from his cocky comfort zone and show right. real emotion. But you can tell that he is like wasting away, and, and he's and, fucked up. And, and, he's and he's so angry, and like we established in Civil War the idea that this hatred and revenge is toxic, and um, I think that's kind of brought up again when when they finally, you know, agree to work together again. Um, but there's this like. That, that moment at the end of Civil War where um, T'Challa basically says, you know, I've, the hatred consumed yeah. you. It's consumed me. It's consuming them. I'm not going to let that happen to yeah, me anymore. Yeah, that's his arc in that movie. Right. And that's kind of what I think is happening with Tony here. Like, it, yes, he's weak from being in space, but I think a lot of his, like, fragile state is, you know, kind of coming down to this, this un... Um, uh, resolved tension between him and 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 tony and it's it's something that has been building since um since avengers yeah because they didn't get along they've never got along through civil war but no it's it's him it's his arc which is that through avengers he had ptsd about what happened he was going through that right ultron was inspired this idea of he was the one being like i've seen what's beyond loki's fleet we got to do something right so he sees it in Avengers. He has PTSD during Iron Man three, where he's he's trying to figure out what to do. Ultron exists because he saw a vision of this and wanted to protect somebody or protect the yeah. world. And 
he literally quotes um, Age of Ultron where he says, you know, he he says the captain, I've seen what's happened. I know what's coming. And what are we going to do about it? And um, Cap says, we'll take it on together. And he goes, well, what if we lose? And he says, we'll do that together too. Yep. That happened. He turns they, that back on him. Right. And he, but, but, and it is one of those things where I still think Steve was right in this case that they should have been together, but they weren't because Tony, the, you know, Went literally, off. That, this yeah. is, and I think this is a really important detail. At the end of Civil War, Steve said to Tony, I'm still here. I still think what we, what I, I still think what we can do is important. I, if you need me, I am, you call me. Yeah. Tony and, does not do that in Infinity War. No, he has the number, but he still chooses not to. Could have done it. Could have yeah. done it. Could have yeah. done it together. Did not, chose not to. Also, I remember you saying, I think the point you realized neither of them was going to die in Infinity War was because they had not reunited. Right. They needed that closure. Like, yeah, yeah I, I knew that. I realized it when I noticed how little happened. screen time and dialogue Cap was getting. I'm like, they're, they're giving him his, his due next movie. So, yeah, there, and also real quick, uh, great effect on the emaciated, fucked up Tony. Uh, yeah. then again, we get to see more of the de-aging CG put to good use later on. It still looks really good. These, the, this is their bread and butter right now, and they're so good at, like, it's insane. Yeah. How good they are at taking any actor and making them look the Different. age they were at a certain time or just, Making them older, making them younger, well, making them Well, there's whatever. one we're going to get to that I'm guessing was a fat suit. Oh, yeah, that was prosthetic. Sure. <laughs> That's a little easier. We'll get there. Um, so I will and I will say I don't know why Tony didn't bring up because they, they're grilling him on like what did Strange – because he's still frustrated about you know giving away the time stone. And they were saying, did he give you anything else? And he said no. But I'm like, dude, he told you. He was – his last words – he brought the timeline. This is the only way. He was saying there's still a way to fix things. Mm-hmm. Um, then again, they do – the pretty much after this is what people had been guessing was going to happen. Oh, before I say that, I will give a little credit to one little one-off joke. We do – because I was just pointing Infinity War and all the Earthlings had a reaction to seeing a talking raccoon. Mm-hmm. And here's Tony uh, asking about Thor. Rocket goes up, brings up that he's he's you know he's feeling the – and well, to get back to Thor, he is feeling extreme guilt about not going for the head. <laughs> and Tony's reaction, literally until you started talking, I thought you were a Build-A-Bear. <laughs> Rocket just goes, I might be. Right. I'm going to be bringing up a lot of specific moments. Like, full disclosure here. Yeah, the day after I saw this movie, I went and bid-torrented it. I do not feel much shame. I'm going to see this movie at least one more time. We are praising the hell of it, and I will get the Blu-ray day one. So... Yeah. If Disney comes and leaves me on handcuffs, I'm going to be going, research! I was researching! I was promoting you! Anyway, <laughs> actually, before we move on to, you know, that's the thing that happens, I will say one of my biggest appointments, man, all the hype and, and the promos, like, all right, so to make up for other people, uh, Hawkeye's going to be front and center, Rocket's going to be front and center, uh, Ant-Man will be front and center, and so will Captain Marvel, finally, passing the guard. No. She is here for the opening, and then she is gone till the climax. Yeah. Now, I will say... She is, to the movie's credit, she's the first to bring up, you know, the plan. Uh, but I know people are pointing out, look, she is so uber-powerful, the movie couldn't happen if she stuck around. I'm like, okay, one, the fir- what happens when she goes with them on this first journey wouldn't have mattered, her strength. Second, the second act isn't about, what they're trying to do isn't about strength. It's more about stealth and brains. She could have been, 
been used in some way. Uh, the last battle, yeah, you kind of need to keep away from a minute, but I'm, I think they could have spoiled for the second act. They could have had some way to, in terms of the time travel of like, she comes back late, she gets warped somewhere far away, like, they could have figured it out. So I feel like it's a bit of a bummer that she is not a major player in this. Yeah, and to me, and it's the Marvel movies that I think everybody loves the most about these films. It's not the action, it's just the characters interacting with each other, and I just wanted Carol to hang out with these guys. Yeah, yeah, and also... Which is disappointing. Yeah, also, I'm... Man, I I have to be really careful whenever I say what I complain about Captain Marvel, because I really hate the, the, you know, the alt-right misogynist mm-hmm. backlash it's gotten and i do not right. want to associate with that but i am in agreement with those who say that carol's one of the weaker protagonists here's the thing i felt the same way about dr strange in his own movie then in infinity war i thought he was awesome once he got the chance to play off tony and all those others like that is the best use of dr strange so far i would have liked to see her going like playing off of thor rocket tony like you know ability and personality wise she's probably the closest we have to tony right now going if we're talking the newer characters we're gonna have to wait for whatever comes next with her because I'm, I'm going to say right now, I'm confident we're going to see another Avengers movie at some point. And I also thought, it, it, like, in pop culture, I feel like right now, she and Black Panther are the new MVPs. They're the new Iron Man and Cap. He also well, got sidelined in Infinity War. Well, it's you, ironic. You say they're the new Iron Man and Cap. I mean, in terms of popularity. Movie, yeah, their movies have made more money than Iron that Man too. and Cap's yeah. movie. All She's the movies. one who can fly around and shoot lasers. He's the one who has a cool suit and is well-trained. Yeah, just... Yeah, that, uh, until this weekend, um, Iron Man three and Captain America: Civil War were were above Captain Marvel in their total gross. Captain it's Marvel still going strong. In, well, no, it beat them. Captain yeah, Marvel so is yeah, now yeah. making it, it is Black Panther, all of the Avengers films, Captain Marvel. That's the top order gross yeah. wise for yeah. the MCU. She so and those she and two characters out. are extremely popular because they are making more money than all of the other characters yes. in the their MCU. movies were good they're a step forward in terms of representation they're they've got a future ahead of them so it's a bit of a bummer maybe marvel couldn't have predicted how big both those would be but i know i've heard people say kevin feige has been really excited about captain marvel you think he would have pushed harder for her with this but what's done is done maybe i maybe think the- what what i the chalk her lack of uh stuff to do in this film i i don't Think I think a big part of it is trying to to keep her sidelined because she is so powerful that yeah. she can kind of wreck shit pretty easily. But I also think the big part of it is that this movie is kind of a farewell to the original six Avengers, and those are the ones who are who are at the center of the story. So yes, so are, like, so are Ant Man, Rockets there, right? Ant Man, yeah, I would say Ant Man is probably other than the top six the most important. The most, yeah, um, no, Rocket didn't get a lot to do either, but he did. He did get one cool moment, which we'll get to with him and Thor. Yeah, no, they were all everybody got stuff to do, but like people like T'Challa and Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, these people who are kind of going to be carrying the MCU going forward, didn't have a lot to do in this movie because well, it was kind of most of them were the dead until a certain point. She was not right, but uh, like I said, I, I would have just been happy with have her stick around for the second act, then have something to keep it away from most of the climax. I think that would have been smart, but I'm not a movie maker. So, but like you said, she is the one to first come up with, you know, what all the fans were already thinking. The stones are still there. What if we use them to do the opposite? And then we get an important fact that Rocket has, has noticed a similar energy wave to the stones happened two days ago because they had had no idea where Thanos was on that, you know, that farm planet he went to rest. And they waste no time in getting to what people thought this movie was going to be. Get in the ship, go get this son of a bitch, 
and undo the snap. Uh, and then that is not quite what happens. This is the first of a big swerve against what we th- how we thought the movie was going to go. Because I was really curious, what is Thanos' deal going to be in this movie, his arc? Because he has achieved his life work. I just assumed that they were going to find out, figure out another way to undo things. He was going to find out and make one last stand. And I'm partly right. I mean, that is what happened. But yeah. Not the way you expect. So that opening scene on his planet, because the trailers just showed it showed him in his armor from the climax. Other than that, you got like that shot of him, his arm with the gauntlet going through the field and his, and his armor set up like a scarecrow. Like, yeah, he basically this farmer hermit type thing. But then I was like, he's kind of grunting and moaning. He's limping. And then we get a good look at him. He's even more fucked up than, because when the last time I used the gauntlet, I noticed it in his arm were all scarred and messed up. But now it's spread to his face. So I was like, is it poisoning him? What's happening? And he's clearly not this great fighter he was. And I love, like, they just waste no time. They, like Marvel gets in a headlock. Uh, I think Thor, someone chops the arm with the gauntlet off. And it's like, he has nothing left he can do. But then, you know, Rocket flips it over and it's empty. And every, you know, you get a sense of dread. And he's like, I wasn't going to let anybody use that power again. I use the stones against themselves that second time. They are dust. They're gone. And then in the middle of his talking, Thor goes for the head. Yep. Chops. <laughs> Thanos is like, Just like Thanos that. is dead. <laughs> Unceremoniously, <laughs> yeah. anticlimactically, and it's a hollow victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, he died feeling like he won, and now they know we have no way of undoing this. And it the crazy doesn't stop from there. The war starts walking off, the screen starts blurring, goes to black. Again, this is another thing I had spoiled, but I heard my crowd. You notice they do the caption one word at a time. Five years later not five months not five weeks not five days half a decade has gone by with half the world gone half the universe gone that's nuts yeah that is nuts that's big and and, uh and this is the thing that kind of remember about what they're doing with these movies is that we I think some movies might have had the like idea of saying like, oh, well, let's, what we'll do is we'll, we'll just jump to, um, Ant-Man coming out in five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, and, and, and then we get to see everything that happened in those five years. This movie shows you all of that before we see Ant-Man because it wants you to understand we are now five years in the future. We are not going back to where we were before. This is yes now no. five years <laughs> Again. in the future. Again, very much some rules are set up. But uh, again, this is – they were saying there's going to be consequences to Infinity War even if the snap is undone. And I think that's part of that. Society is fucked up. We get these big shots. I would have liked more – even more footage of like what civilians have been impacted by. Like they've done in the past uh, – in other movies do this too, like a barrage, a montage of like newscaster clips. I think that would have been a really effective way to get well, ideas. I'll, I'll- well, I'll say I'll, I think they did do that, and I'll tell you what it was. You see City Life Stadium where the Mets play, and it's destroyed. It's decimated. There's the, nothing left. Yes, there. the the world is. And, is and Joe sem- Russo says we miss the Mets. The Mets don't exist anymore. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. No so baseball. it is. I thought it was like it's halfway there to post-apocalyptic. There's still society, mm-hmm. but it's it's a bummer. And then we yeah. get to the now. Captain at the support group was in the trailers. What was not was both Joe Russo's cameo, and you heard about the significance of it, right? 
I missed this because he says he's talk. He was at a date, and both of them broke down crying. I missed that he was talking about dating a guy. Yeah. Um, it's subtle, which is probably why part of why they let it happen because they have been wanting to do this for a while. Did you, did you hear about Valkyrie and in, in, uh, Ragnarok? Mm-hmm. There was a scene that they either wrote or filmed where Thor went to see her in her room and saw like a scantily clad girl walking out to imply that she's gay or bi. And Disney was like, nope. But I think they're gradually starting to turn. And basically, this isn't a case of queer baiting. This is like, no, this dude's gay and this is how he's impacted by it. And the boosters were like, they want to do that. And you have been hearing rumblings like they're saying, Kevin Feige, like one of the new lead characters going forward, we're going to do an explicitly LGBT. Yeah, uh, we don't know who yet. One of but them is. What? In the Eternals, one of the characters in the Eternals. Right, but we don't know who yet. Right. Um, I, think th- I think we might know what character, but I don't think they've cast it. Okay, yeah, no, I Eternal- think they are going to cast it. We're going to talk about future, the future movies when we get to the end. So, I'm sorry, just trying to go through my notes to see where we are with the, the five years stuff. I kind of respect this, because I was like, Thanos' idea of this prosperity, it still could have happened if we're talking the long, long, long term, but... There was going to be a lot of damage and a lot of messiness to get there, and it still wasn't a guarantee. So, and we'll get to the end where this changes when Thanos comes back. How this changes his plan to be even worse. But first, let's give props to the hero that saved the universe—a random rat. Yes, People- I've decided uh, that it's the rat from the end of The Departed. He's made his way from Boston, <laughs> which to signifies corruption, right? We, it just has. it just watched uh, a person shoot a person. I'm not going to spoil the part. Uh, I I it's funny. I like to think he did that on his way back to check on the four baby turtles he'd recently discovered swimming in ooze. Ah yes, his heroic days are not over. That is a, that is a Marvel tie-in. So I, I I do no, like it's that. not a Marvel tie-in. Um, oh wait, oh, no no no, it's a DC yeah, tie-in. No, it's Daredevil gets his powers in the same accent. Oh, that's right, Daredevil. Yeah. It was the ooze was with blinded Matt Murdock, but. Um, right. By the way, I am excited for that Batman Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, yeah. Look. Even as directed video and animated. <laughs> can't wait. They were great in Injustice also. But I saw people complaining about the likelihood of that. But there is one thing that you can use to give some leeway. What Strange said, you know, the timelines. He looked through millions of them. There was only one where we went. Mm-hmm. And granted, I was watching Infinity War going like, okay, the rest of that movie, why is he still bothering to fight Thanos and stuff? How does he, because if he, just, it's like, no, he didn't know if they were in the one timeline. At least I don't think he did. And, um. No, I, I think what, what you have to understand is like, what, what Doctor Strange is doing is everything he's supposed to do in the timeline that it works. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, but he did, I don't but he think just he was has still... to pretend, he has to pretend like he's, I think as if he, cause like, he there's, says, well, there's a line towards the if end. If I tell you, 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 if I tell you what's going to happen, it won't happen. Yes, we're going to so get to that. That's why he has to keep. He has I, to keep. I now understand why. Because if he had also told them, yeah, half of everybody has to die, stuff might have gone wrong in another way. So, what if he tells? If he says, "Hey, this is how we get, we're going to win," then it's not the one where they win. He has to not tell anybody anything. He can't say. Anything. Oh, it's he part has of to do. Yeah, he has to do everything the way it's supposed to happen, or it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. So. Ant-Man comes out, Scott Lane's free after, you know, stuck at the quantum realm, and here's the first – oh, by the way, I, I obviously I know you. We got to bring up – this is not one but two community cameos. There are only – in the MCU specifically, there's only like three of the main characters from Community who have not been in. Yes. Uh, uh, Alison Brie, because she's the one I'm most familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's, go ahead. 
It's uh, Allison Brie, Gillian Jacobs, and Joel McHale, who wasn't Spider-Man 2, but that doesn't count. Not MCU. Not yeah, MCU. and I'm guessing they don't want Chevy Chase back in anything at this point. Right. Now, I, I think I said on Twitter, I, I kept it vague because I didn't want to say anything uh, on Twitter, but I was like, well, it's just the three of them now, and I don't count Chevy, who haven't. Uh, the Russos yet. weren't. I know he, that's why he's out of the show. He was a bastard. Um, but I gotta admit, this is really stupid of me. I had... I haven't seen Kenji on in much. I think Hangover is the big one, obviously, but I haven't seen him in a while. For a second, I thought that was uh, ProZD, the YouTuber. <laughs> and I'm like... I can kind of see that. I, they're, he's... <laughs> I, then I was like, wait, that's an older dude. And then I, had, I actually had to look up who it was later because, again, I'm not that familiar with Kenji on. And he doesn't even get to say anything, unfortunately. Uh, the other one gets a lot more dialogue. Yeah, but, but he also gets to stand... I, I felt like he was standing exactly like his character stood in Hangover the way his, like body languages at the end he's certainly he he's very good at facially emoting too because his roles have been so over the top in the past i always honestly my go-to quote is when he's pulling up the window going motherfucker (laughs) um so scott is free and here's the thing that i did not expect because you know when he reunites with them black widow say man it must be torture to be stuck there for five years like no for me it was five hours but before that Another nice way of showing the impact where he's going through these, like, desolated streets. There's garbage and, and stuff everywhere. And, oh, man, I wish I hadn't had this spoiled because I love Cassie Lane in the first two Ant-Man. Oh, she's one of the best characters. I, this is – this was devastating. I thought this was this one was of the saddest the fir- I'll say it right now. This is my first of two points where I teared up. This and the very, very last scene, which we'll get this to. Is, this is one thing that I would say if I could make any changes, I would have given them – a little bit more. I would have given Cassie a little bit more to. to I, I want to see a conversation with the two well, of them about what they've experienced more than what. We've yeah. Well, I will say this: one, spoiler for the end, Scott Lane is still very much alive, and two, do you know about? Because I wonder if this. You know what Cassie eventually does in the comics, right? Um. I mean, I I would have a guess that she becomes. She kind she of, joins the Avengers. Right. Here's she the thing. So does. Uh, going back to Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maria's daughter, Monica, who would be yeah. by now probably like in her thirties, uh, right? Especially the the time jump; she's definitely old enough. I hope that oh yeah, they bring her. Yeah, she was right, and in, 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 they it's hard to do kid characters right. And I'd say those two, the kid in Iron Man three, and uh, Morgan, who we'll get to in this movie, mm-hmm. they've done it right. They're all great. They're all really good kid actors, and, and I really like them. Well, also written and directed well. Yeah, like, it doesn't feel too scripted or too schmaltzy. Um, and yeah, the fact that there's like so little dialogue with her and, and Scott's reading props to both that actress and him, they got to sell it through their faces. And, you know, we already, the first movies made it clear how much like Cassie was the most important thing to him in the world. And she has gone for five years, assuming he's dead. Cause he goes to that, you know, that memorial wall and sees his name there. And, uh, well, hope and, and both the, uh, uh, the Pams are gone as well, but yeah, the, that was the thing that's. So sad to, to me about this. Uh, if you watch Ant Man and briefly in Ant Man and the Wasp, and you know the relationship, yeah, between Scott and Cast, or but one of the most important things about it is he says like he was in prison, he missed so much for life, he doesn't want to miss anymore. Yeah, now he's missed he term. misses five years for no like it for no good reason. It just happened. Yeah, he's not. And that's he's not gonna... so sad. It's not because he he messed up. Because he went back to prison, no, he just accidentally end up, yeah, missing five years of her life, which is devastating. Yeah, though actually, oh no, the, the, the rat—it's the rat that came in and came out when it when he did, but it, he was stuck there because of the snap. So the yeah, rat should have gotten there sooner. 
uh, well, it'd be nice. Um, <laughs> so we get to this conference that Natasha's having, you know, kind of like council style. And another little surprise, Captain Marvel's got that more famous haircut now. Mm-hmm. Made me happy. I feel like that haircut st- sticks out more among the other Marvel girls. Yeah. And I had, that was something I think they hid from the, they have hidden from the advertising. It also works well with when she does the full mask and mohawk style. Now it's, it's like you're not thinking that they had to squish it down. It's like, no, that's her hair. I will say, less of a disappointment because I wouldn't think about it much, but you know people are upset, like, why isn't Okoye's on the poster more, like Denai Guerrero more? Because she has a few lines here and a few lines at the very end. But I do wonder if she's meant to be the head of Wakanda now. They don't really explain that. I think that's where she is. I think yeah, that's why. Cause that, they, they all have kind of like a reason why they're not in person meeting and it's because they're all out somewhere. And I think that's... Yeah, she's talking about earthquakes, uh, Marvel. I mean, that is uh, Carol's big reason for leaving most of the movie. And as she keeps saying multiple times, like, Earth isn't the only planet going through these things. And they could really use someone with their powers, obviously. That's what she'd been... I'm assuming when we get to her sequel, we'll find out more about what happened with her and the scroll, Because mm-hmm. I was actually pretty invested in them by the end of that movie, too. And... A nice little character moment here after they leave. This is uh, this is Natasha's moment of breaking down. Like, she's kept doing what she's supposed to, but there may be no healing this. And then Steve comes in in that little talk, and it's just a great... That's what a lot of people, that people are saying about this first act. It is the dower that the ending of Infinity War warranted. I actually saw, well, heard on uh, Filmcast, they compared it to the first act of Logan. Some time has passed. Most of the characters we know are new or dead, and who's left, not in a good place. Yeah, I would say that's you know pretty a pretty good. Yeah, yeah, we still have funny moments here and there, but uh, this first act is an intentional downer. But here's where uh, here's where Scott shows up and plants the seeds for. Okay, what is the process of fixing this going to be? What is the middle of this movie going to be? And, man, I wish I hadn't had spoiled time travel. We're doing this. Yeah, this was something that I had always kind of assumed they were going to do, especially because they're that... I think um, that even if you didn't read leaks, this was one idea being thrown around. Right. This was something that it's like, well, well, you know that there's a time stone. You know in the comics they use time travel, but... But the, time, the stones are gone now, way. so... Right. They do it in a different way where it's different to what you'd expect. And it is also kind of fun because they basically, you know, had to... I, I think one of the things that the MCU does so well is they take things that are in, in the comics and ideas that are used in the comics and then do something different so that it's, it's you know... Yes, they're doing time travel like they did in the comics, but it's not the way you expect. It's not the way no. that, you know... But it also... You is, would assume they would do it, which is It's great. made Hank Pym and the Ant-Man movies really integral to this overall plot. Yeah. Which, as a fan of the Ant movies, I'm, I like. So, well, And I also think this is and one of the reasons why it's so great that Scott gets to do more in this. because, and, I, and I'll bring it up based on this you know, section where he comes back into the movie. It's weird because we got Ant-Man 1 and Ant-Man 2 and the same thing with Guardians. Where, like, at least with the Guardians, we know that they deal with Thanos. So we know that that's why they're connected to the Avengers. They're part yes. Of the MCU. With Ant-Man, it's like... He is so far removed from them. Yeah. And then he joins them in Civil War for like a little bit, but nobody really knows him that well. They don't or really thinks much of him. Well. Right. And, but, but I do think they do think much of him. This is one of well, my now. favorite details. Well, before. Oh. Because in Infinity War, they're saying like, they're like, you know, oh, Scott and Clint, they're, they're off, 
They're off on house, on arrest. house arrest. They're talking about Ant-Man like he's a part of the team, like he's around. But Ant-Man doesn't think of himself as a part of the team. He thinks it's yeah. like, I he got to meet Captain America and help him out. But like, he doesn't talk of him or think about him at all. And then when he shows up, he says, hey, I don't know if you guys even remember <laughs> yes. me. When they have his poster like up in the thing, like, yes. we lost Scott Lang. Like, We're so really sad about it. You yeah, that, he's right? like, you guys, I don't know if you guys remember who I am. I got really big ones. I don't know if you guys know who I am or not. That's something it's I both so love funny. about the interactions he and uh, Spider-Man have had. Like, both the bug theme guys are the fanboys. They're the <laughs> yeah, that's like, regular civilians who have gotten roped into this. And the mm-hmm. fact, like, I think back to his introduction to Civil War, like, Captain America, I know you too, you're great, I've been shaking your hand too long. Um, yeah. <laughs> and actually, there's one, he gets one moment that kind of remind me of that, that we'll get to, I'll just say it's when Thor is giving an info dump, we're getting all these facial reactions, Scott is the one that's different from the rest. Um, so these next two scenes, more back-to-back, where, I guess a couple, these next three scenes, back-to-back-to-back, where the other main Avengers now, and... Big stuff has happened with all three of them. First is Tony, uh, Morgan Stark, everyone. Mm-hmm. A callback That's to the beginning of Infinity War where he was talking about the dreaming that – because, they, you know, the way, they were engaged by then and he was talking – dreaming about having a baby. And not only have they had a baby, now she's this little girl and she's wearing a mom's helmet, uh, a throwaway joke, but not. We'll get to that. And they've got this nice little – like, he's probably the one who has had the best post-snap life. Those close to him, uh, Rhodey and, and Pepper, stuck around. He got to stay with the love of his life and become a father. And and because of that, he is the one who's like, I'm not doing this. I'm not risking more. And one, that's very in, in line with Tony. And two, props to Pepper. I was worried she was going to be trying to dissuade from him from it, too, because she has been so – she's been – you know, the Alfred of this in terms of worrying about one day you're not going to walk away from saving the world. But props to her for recognizing this has to, we have to think beyond us for this. If there's a possibility of fixing this, go for it. Well, and I, I also really love how in, in, well, first of all, this is something I want to bring. I, I like that they kind of try to fake you out with it, where he, he like goes up to a tent and he's like, hey, it's chat time. And it, you think it's going to be a dog. Because you don't think of Tony as having a child. Well, this is, and when she comes out, you go, oh my god, he had a kid. That's I'll crazy. admit, this is another thing I have spoiled. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow accidentally mentioned this in an Infinity War interview. I didn't see that. Yeah, got yourself lucky. I, I wish I, this would have been a nice surprise. There were um, some, some flubs by the cast. That's why they, they, that's why they were so secretive to Tom Holland. They were like, we can't tell you everything that happened in this. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, the the other thing actually I will oh real, before I forget did you read about uh, what Brie Larson revealed about the Where's Fury scene? Oh yeah, that she she didn't know that that was... she shot it on a green screen and they gave her no context until she saw Captain Marvel. She didn't know what was going on in that scene. That's like so many. I, I think even read like uh, Jeremy read. Apparently Robert Downey Jr. was the only one they gave the entire script of Endgame to. That like they felt they could trust him by then. Of course. I mean, he's been there from the beginning. You know I, would, I would have given it to Chris Evans. He's been pretty good at Because I feel like this is – look, we'll get to it. I feel like they are the two whose cap on the stories are the most – the big focus of, of this movie in the end. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Uh, 100%. Uh, but but the, the thing that's great about this, like his, his kind of thing where they're – yeah, everything worked out for Tony except for one thing, which is he lost Peter. 
Yeah. And he can't stop thinking about that and yeah. how upsetting that. We'll really say, I would have loved to see Aunt May during the time skip. I hope they, mm-hmm. they touch on how she's dealt with everything when uh, Farmer Home is out. Yeah. And uh, so uh, we'll get to the other two in a second, but this is, uh, you know, the time travel thing is brought up. And of course, he, we realize Scott is being influenced by Back to the Future Part 2. Which, to be fair, some of these are very much they pull a Back to the Future Part Two, particularly with with twenty twelve New York. Um, the, the middle of this movie is Back to the Future Part. Some two. parts more than others, but because yeah. you know, the, if, if, when people think of change of Back to the Future Two's revisit, it's you know Marty's literally sneaking around part from the first that they reshot to, and that happens with when they get to Loki's invasion. Um, but I I I will say Tony figured out time travel really quick, but I guess the idea was Scott gave him some factors he hadn't thought of. And Robert Downey Jr.'s reaction sells it to that high-pitched, shit! And then yeah. immediately Morgan, shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's something I always laugh at is when babies and children just casually cuss not knowing what it means. Um, right. And I will say what, you know, he puts it to bed in the I love you 3000. One that is very accurate to how family swap back and forth. Like my sister would say like, I love you infinity or something. And people are going to be quoting it, especially given the ending. And... Uh, so the next one, um, I'm trying to remember. Okay, next two, I it was not spoiled. I'm glad I wasn't because especially this first one, we cut to who's got the bigger brain and we see where both Banner and Hulk have ended up and that was a real what the fuck moment. We basically got a Dragon Ball fusion of them. Yeah, it's Smart Hulk. It's Banner Hulk. Mm-hmm. He's big and green, but he's... Still got the hair, glasses, intelligence, and Mark Ruffalo voice and mocap. Um, and Which, the world is, just, and the world just accepts that. Too. What? This looked incredible too. I thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they had to, you know, again, yeah. all the money for this, for this stuff. And again, the world's just used to that. They redo the thing in Ragnarok where people come up and ask for a selfie. Uh, and they mm-hmm. drive home even more. Nobody knows who you are, Ant-Man. Um, right. but, it's kind of another unexpected because when we're, you know, we were dealing with, you know, we saw Thor in the beginning of the war get wrecked by Thanos and refused to come out. And so I was assuming that his arcanist was going to be getting, learning to grow in a way to get the Hulk to come out again. I was kind of there, but we may never see big, angry, brainless Hulk again. And we may never see Bruce again. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. nuts. But you do, you do get used to it in this movie, I'll admit. And they do some, there's a funny bit with it later on. Um, so he's, you know, obviously he, he's the next step in trying to piece this together. By the and, way, he's also not just because of what he does and in, in the science that he brings to it. Yeah. Uh, this plan would not work if it wasn't for this fusion of the Hulk. It was just better. They would not be able to do what. Oh, well, because of radiation later on, right? right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm glad they brought, they brought another smart move. Um, so I'm going chronologically before we get to the last crazy catch up, the failed time travel test. It's a baby. <laughs> and real brief old age old age on, on, on Paul Rudd. Um, and this was actually something I'm, I'm glad they addressed. Uh, another callback to our uh, Marvel episode, because when we reviewed the new Power Rangers movie and we waxed nostalgic about the show for one minute, we talked about the cliffhanger with time being reversed, Rangers being kids, and Chris being devastated. I always oh. like them to address, if you do a time travel plot, what is being done to prevent any of this affecting yourself? And, you know... Uh, Tony pulls up in his first words. Let me guess, he turned into a baby. 
Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, he was saying, so what you have it set up, you don't have time changing around Scott. You have the time in Scott changing. I came up with these, these, that'll fix things. Um, nice thing that they immediately just get that out of the way. Like you're not, you're being unaffected by this other than, you know, they sell Clint, hey, you're going to feel kind of queasy. Um, and okay. Okay. Yeah. I guess we have two more catch-ups. <laughs> Let's get to going to new Asgard, keeping true the promise at the end of Ragnarok. Um, I saw somebody pointing out they're in, I think they're in Norway. It's a very similar looking area to where Odin died in Ragnarok. Well, Odin, yeah, Odin said this could be Asgard. So yeah, it makes maybe sense that's part of it. I don't think it's funny. literally the same area, but it could be the same country. Uh, probably, it's on it the could sea, be nearby. Seashore. And immediately to get right off of the bat, I'm very happy. Okay, yes, uh, Valkyrie, Cork, and Meek, they're fine. Um, it's also cool to see Valkyrie in casual wear. And actually, Cork uh, was wearing like a Hawaiian shirt too. Um, and again, it's actually lap. the same. It's a shirt that Taika Waititi owns. He owns that pineapple <laughs> shirt. He's worn it before. Hey, man, just just smoke up me wearing the shirt. Why the movie? <laughs> uh, actually, he doesn't talk like that in real life. He's less. He's more loud, but it's funny. That <laughs> yeah. That's part of what makes Cork so great is that it's the voice and demeanor, like the last thing you'd expect to come out of of that character. Um, but then here we go. Uh, Thor, where to start? <laughs> Again, they uh, hit it this from the. From the promos entirely. This is, I think, a testament to how good Hemsworth is. Yes. That he brings so much comedic levity to this film. And, yes. And and does this insane character choice. Yes. Where, like, in a, in a movie where, like, you know, honestly, you could say that they kind of alluded this to Infinity War. There was kind of like this... Um, the the stuff with with Star Lord and him kind of leads into this. Oh man! Well. Oh man! There's um, not just a payoff. There's Siege the Future. I did not see coming. Right? Yeah. And and I also think that the the putting the the, the prosthetics on and being this like silly not just the prosthetics, person. the hair and the beard. He looks like right. a hobo. Right. But not only does he do that and he commits fully to it, but he and he's extremely funny. But then he also. And also Shades of Infinity War, where he brings this a little bit, is able to bring a lot of dramatic, you yes. know, nature There is a well. real tragedy to this, and later it's, on his part of the heist is really directly addressing that in a really effective way. Yeah, he his his the reason why he's like this isn't as a funny gag, it's, he, it is full-on depression. He is too depressed to do anything but drink, and... If I, if I knew that, if I had done one thing differently... he about it, he... I won't blame him. If I knew that half the universe would still be alive if I had just done this one little thing differently. Because it's not just that he went for the stomach. If you watch it again, he's just like – he takes time to gloat, you know, pushing in more and saying, I told you, you'd die. Mm-hmm. And he was not going for the head. He was not making sure it was dead and that's what let Thanos pull it off. So salt in the wound. Mm-hmm. And oh, also, well, it's happened. Fortnite is now MCU canon. Right. That's well, going to make a lot of kids happy. Yeah. It, well, it's also funny, like, even with Infinity War, there was a Fortnite tie that where you could Oh, they, play they're doing one here, too. Fortnite. Yeah. So, Cross promotion. That's fun. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, I, I could totally see B Corp being, being into, being into uh, Fortnite online games. And, and uh, of, of course, Korg uh, is yelled at by Noob Master 69. Yes, and Thor has to be the one to trash talk back. Like That's, that's my favorite part, is that when Korg gets yelled at by a child on, on oh, Fortnite, another guy. Fortnite he, goes, he goes, hey, can you... Can you take care of this Thor? <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, I cannot Hilarious. see. I can't see Core getting pissed about 
They could call him like whatever a racial slur for a rock person is, and he'd still be like, "Hey, you don't have to do that." I mean, at the end of the day, Cork is still the guy who tried to start a revolution. But he was being very polite about it. Hey, man, we're yeah, a revolution. Didn't, didn't, didn't do enough flyers. Didn't do enough flyers. Yeah, yeah. Korg, stick around. You're great. So we've got one more because uh, after they go back, I think this is when Nat goes to find Clint. And another standout scene, especially filmmaking-wise, is the introduction of Ronan. The, Very cool scene. This is, I think it's single shot. I'm sure they did some some CG tricks, but it looks cool. And a really unique environment because it's Tokyo nighttime, rain, all these neon signs. I, I take it he's dealing with the Yakuza. Um, and it ends with uh, this very samurai anime-inspired uh, sword fight and a surprising amount of blood for this movie when he's cla- grasping at his neck. Um, I hear some people say this makes them think a PG-13 Punisher could be possible should we ever try again. Oh yeah, I have to look this. Looked, it was pretty sweet, um, and it totally makes sense. You know, it, Hawkeye, his family was everything to him. This is how he's dealt with having nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, it's morally shifted him in a not great direction, but it was nice. I feel like this is the most character we've seen from Hawkeye up to this point too. The idea of taking what we know about this character and flipping it on its head. I appreciate that both. Once we get back to the lab, and then again during the heist, we get some parts that very much spell out here's what, you know, in terms of affecting the timeline. It's not a case of <laughs> they rattle off all these movies Terminator, Time Cop, uh, Hopped Up Time Machine, mm-hmm. and uh, which I think somebody pointed out Sebastian Stan plays someone in Hopped Up Time Machine. Well, it's all, it's not only that, they, it's also yes. um, Obadiah Stane and yes. Iron Man 1 is they call Thor Lebowski. And I heard somebody saying, do you think Obadiah got teased about looking like Jeff Bridges a lot? I'm like, probably. Yeah. Um, so, what's another thing I'm right here? So, but this is where they establish where Bruce says, you know, those ideas of, I would throw in a looper too. That one's very explicit about changing the future in an instant. But Bruce is like, no, that's not how this is going to work. Basically, we can't change what has already happened, and what we're doing to do here isn't going to affect the future either. It's going to start a new timeline. When we go in in these other places and do stuff, it's going to branch off, and whatever effects we have there will be totally independent from our timeline. So basically, Which they are. Is, this is by by the way mentioned in uh, Doctor Strange? Yes. And they say this very same speech that that's how time travel works. And we get a call back to that for further clarification, which we'll mm-hmm. get to. Um, but I appreciate that. And I'll admit it's my fault that I was actually forgetting. Um, I, I think my reservations, my two reservations about the, the time travel thing was one, I didn't want it to feel like a retread of these prior movies, which thankfully it wasn't. Two, I was really worried this was going to mean retconning, uh, certain events or movies out of existence. And I was like, please don't do that. Um, and I briefly forgot when they got to Guardians 1, I was like, no, no, please don't tell me you're changing how these characters met and all this. Please don't. But then I remembered later on, no, this is its own thing now. Um, and so then we get to, you know, a little refresher on what are each of these stones and where were they during past events in these movies. They called Thor up to recap the Dark World. And damn, it's just this mumbling nonsense even for people who like who us had seen the movie much like much like thor to dark world <laughs> yes yes i like that something good came of dark world though and but like i said this is what i was talking about with um somebody pointed this out they cut to everybody's face during this and they're all looking disgusted or just i think rock and roadie had like their head in their hands or something then they cut to scott and he is both looking confused but also fascinated i love right before this the moment where they go 
they ask Thor to talk about the ether, and they go, oh, uh, Thor has experience with the ether. Thor, what do you got to tell us about that? And then they, the camera pans over to him, and he's just sitting Is there. Is he asleep? <laughs> he goes, Maybe no, dead. I think he's dead. <laughs> and then later, you know, there's that line with him and Rhodey, like, you know what is coursing through my veins? She's with <laughs> like, they are roasting him for letting himself go. Oh, no, my favorite, Rocket, early on. It looked like melted ice cream. Yeah. Like, I <laughs> I felt a little happy because I'm like, I got a little bit of a gut, and I gave myself a cup for that. But I, like, yeah, I don't look like melted ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that is setting the stage for this. Like I said, this is, each act basically feels like a different movie. This is where the the trauma of the snap ends, and we get into act two, the greatest hits, and act three, you know, the fight to end all fights and the wrap-up. Uh, but before we get to that, let's put things on pause. I'm going to uh, save what we have and get some water and the like. Uh, I'd recommend you do the same too, Tyler. We've already been talking for over an hour. All right. Please stand by. Get it. Let's uh, get into the second act. Let's, let, I feel like let's compact this one because there's, it's denser than the third. So let's just go over the highlights. Um, the time heist, where the idea is they're going to split into groups and go back to specific events, most of them in... in Marvel in the previous movies where the uh, stones all were. And I'd say let's go, let's just focus on one uh, scene at a time, like one group rather than going back and forth. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to find where I had them written down. Okay, so the first one to show up, uh, the first Avengers uh, with Loki in New York. Really funny. This is one of the ones where they reuse footage, like the big spin turnaround. And I'm just looking at that and the city invasion, like, remember when we thought that was the peak? That was the big deal? Right. <laughs> it's crazy how how simple it seems now. It's it's nuts. And this is I feel like this is the most back to the future-y because everybody has to sneak around everything happening. Hulk uh, Banner still has to act like he's angry Hulk all half-heartedly. And he's so embarrassed when he sees his past self. Yeah. Um they roast Cap's outfit rightfully because everybody's saying that's probably the worst Cap outfit in the MCU. But it did give us America's ass. And <laughs> But we do get a cool encounter with someone who we did not see in that movie because the Sanctum has always been there in New York. So we get reacquainted with the Ancient One protecting it from the aliens. Right. And, oh, I, which I dug. I, I like that she was participating in the battle. It makes sense. we don't see her. Uh, it makes sense. Um, we Maybe we'll see if there are other, you know, when we get meet other characters, we'll find out what they were doing during that. Um, but fun. it also, it helps that she further clarifies uh, the multiple timeline thing, which she talks about her initial resistance to give... Uh, Bruce, the time stone is because if without if our reality doesn't have all six stones, that throws things out of balance. And he's saying, "What if we're able to come back right after we do that?" And she's still like, "I how do I know I can trust you?" And the key thing is, he brings up Strange's giving the stone and sacrificing. And if you look back, because I remember when she was dying, Doctor Strange, she said she could see everything in her life up to her own death in time. So. She knew to trust Strange by the time she was gone, and she, that's what convinced her. She's like, if Strange did that, he did that for a reason here. And for my money, though, the best uh, moment of this – this is where two of the funniest parts happen, uh, what Cap has to go through. First with uh, – I can't believe all the Winter Soldier cameras. They got Redford, Redford back for like three lines. Yeah. And along with Crossbones and I can't remember his name, but you brought the, the glasses guy who fro- was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. too. Oh, uh, Agent Sitwell. Right. And oh my God, so many things. Same with that elevator scene because here I was thinking they were gonna, he was going to say, does anybody want to get off? And I was like, you don't need to do that again. Hail Hydra. 
My yeah. audience exploded. Exploded. He knew he knew exactly what he needed. But to it's do to not get that just thing, a subversion of that. It is a jab at one of the most infamous comic moments now. Mm-hmm. The whole Cap was a Hydra guy all along. I'm like, no, he is not in this, but he knows how to get around these guys now because he knows something they don't. They made him saying Hill Hydra a lot. Of- they, but they made it have a. They, he's still true to his character in this. Exactly. It's like here's how you do it, comics. Because um, I'm pretty sure they already retconned that reveal because people were so pissed. I, I assumed as soon as they did it, something well, happened. It's only There's a matter of time before we undo that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but also, <laughs> he's walking the hall and he goes, "Gotta be shitting me!" And there he is, his Avengers one self. So, There's Loki, and <laughs> a lot of fun. Like I think a lot of people like. I feel like the the I could do this all day. I know, I know. That might have been like throwing a bone to people who didn't like how self-righteous and pure Steve was. <laughs> They're like, all right, we're not going to use this catchphrase anymore. Um, and how he finally gets the upper hand. Bucky's alive. What? <laughs> Knocks him out. I got to wonder what this cap in this timeline is going to be going through now. Because now Hydra thinks he's part of them and he's like, Bucky's alive. And I guess he does assume it's Loki, to be fair. Um, <laughs> just this. I feel like this was the one they had the most fun with overall. Because mm-hmm. all the others had more ser- some some sort of negative or serious repercussions to them. Next, Dark World, Thor and Rocket, but none of the action and not seeing Thor or anybody. They're seeing I still can't remember the name of Thor's mom. Um, this is the most they've given that character to do. Oh, hundred percent. Because in both those first movies, she barely said anything. So when she died, it wasn't as impactful as it should have she been. She says she says more in this movie than she did in both of them. Yes, five. she shows how wise she is because she's she immediately realizes what this Thor's deal is, and she says something like, "I was trained by witches. I know a lot about how this kind of stuff happens." And the thing is, he wants to be telling her about you know she's about to die, and what then she's like, "Please don't spoil anything for me. I want to keep living my life." Like she's being so mature about this. And this also is when she starts to, to guide Thor and where he's going to go in this movie. About, she says that line like, "Was we never end up who we're supposed to be. What's important is who we choose to be or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, he just has to take me all near back. For, but, okay, two other things. Uh, one, this is Rocket's big moment, I feel, where Thor is breaking down. He just keeps going, come here, come here, come here. <laughs> Thor just decks him. I mean, no, no, Rocket just decks him. He has to be the one to give him a reality check. Uh, a nice touch because he's, he's like your mom's dead dead and but a lot of other people are kind of dead and we can still change them you got to get your act together i noticed he was like i lost groot quill drax that chick with the antenna <laughs> like yeah. okay i think Doesn't we know name. I, I think we know who matters the least to him um <laughs> and another thing i think that natalie portman uh jane in this might have been archive footage from dark world 2 because we don't get anything past her waking up we don't see yeah. rocket getting out of here because I think she and Hugo Weaving were the most vocal, like, I'm done with these movies. So they had to work with what yeah. they had. Although she was at the Endgame premiere and she's listed in the credits. I, so. Yeah, I wonder. Maybe there was something on the cutting room floor. I, I don't know. Because yeah. um, Red Skull in this Infinity War, different actor. Um, mm-hmm. So we get that out of the way and he does get to take Molnir back. And nice well, touch, I didn't... I, go ahead. Oh, what were you going to say? You nice touch, I didn't notice. Because I was like, Thor, that Thor needs the Molnir uh, ending spoilers. I noticed Steve takes that with him at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what I was going to say was um, the reason why he um, takes it, I believe, hmm. is because... He like, wants to know if he's still worthy. Right. He needs to know if he's still worthy or not. He's He has self-doubt. He doesn't know if he is who he 
you know, he doesn't feel like he's Thor anymore. He doesn't feel like he's worthy of it. So when his he holds mom was it out, he realizes see, that it's yeah. there. Because Stormbreaker, he doesn't need to be worthy the Stormbreaker. No, that was the hammer. Yeah, and I think that that's really great. The moment where he gets the hammer back, he, and he's like, "I am worthy." Yeah, another Kingdom Hearts thing. Yeah, like the Keyblade, Monir is sentient. It chooses its owners, uh, mm-hmm. and again, and we'll get to it. It chooses another owner towards the end, and holy shit! Um, then uh, Guardians One. Uh, again, this was where I forgot about the different timelines role, and I was really worried. Like, no, no, please don't negate this because this is where we see Gamora's back, Nebula's there. There's Quill. They go and stop him from getting the orb, and um, again, one of the best taking the piss out of the old movies. Where he's reenacting the "Come and Get Your Love," then cut to their point of view <laughs> where you don't hear the song. It's just Chris Pratt dancing around singing, and Nebula and he, Rhodey looks to Nebula, so he's an idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Quill, but make no mistake, he's a dummy. Um, and I, I will say we're introduced to, you know, the past Nebula and Gamora. They're doing that training that Nebula helps with. And then, you know, was it so evil Nebula? She's resenting that. And then they're like, father needs to see us. I played the, uh, Telltale Guardians game and we all get some, we get some flashbacks to, uh, like we see Drac with his daughter. We see Rock in the lab and we see Gamora's flashback as her training with Nebula and then being called by Thanos. Very similar structure to this. So I'm guessing there are some specific scenes from the comics both of these are recreating. So mm-hmm. nice little touch there. And this is when, you know, we're solidified. I think we all realize how is Thanos still factoring into this because we got this past Thanos here, which from, you know, from the same movie where we first, he first had dialogue and, I was really confused, like, how is this Nebula thing working? They kind of make it... Basically, she's still on the same Wi-Fi that she was back then, which interferes and causes the other to project her uh, archives. And that fucks everything up. Because now... Oh, this also establishes Thanos knew who the Avengers were after they foiled Loki. Because people were like, how do you know who Tony was? Because um, that after credits thing, you know... But that would have been a different version. No, the, the original, this confirms he knew, he says, like, it's the Avengers. Like He already knew who the Avengers were. Yes, in all all timelines, Loki's defeat is when he finds out who they were, presumably. And he's, yeah, keeping, tabs, no, and he's keeping tabs on them since then. But this is what, this. there's a big change in this Thanos' plans, where he's like, well, clearly I've succeeded in this one, but they may be able to fix it. Let's stop this. And... Hugh, Gamora getting, getting ca- not Gamora, uh, Nebula getting captured and, and impersonated. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's anything left to say here about Guardians. But n- not really. Um, then we get to, so another thing that I think lays the groundwork for something. In the Avengers 1, Loki gets away with the Tesseract. That's the last we see of that Loki. And we know Loki's getting a miniseries. And I'm thinking that and any possibility of him being in the movies, that's how they're going to be their workaround, this alternate version. Mm-hmm. So and maybe it won't. We, I mean, uh, his miniseries. I feel like they could do either his life before Thor one, or I'd be interested to see what was the journey when he fell into the wormhole that led him to meet Thanos. So yeah. there are a lot of possibilities. There's a lot so, of options. Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> so they're like, well, we're we failed here. We need. We only have enough pin particles for one go. How do we get the uh, tesseract? And then Steve, not Steve. Um, Tony realizes. The Tesseract was kept at a shield base in the early 70s when he was born, along with the Tesseract, because uh, Howard had it from uh, from then. From then, and then, so the Tesseract it was Howard Stark found and kept it until the 90s, which is when Marvel used it in the re- and, and and took it to the Kree station, and it was Captain Marvel where where Fury recovered it via Goose. So just clear that up. And I'll admit, first time I saw this movie, and after I was walking out, I legit forgot where did they get the Tesseract again? And I'm like, that's what. The military was for. 
lot of great callbacks here. And again, for the aging, we see young Hank Pym. Um, that brief cap scene, Peggy, which got to me because I think we touched on how tragic their relationship had ended up in our original episode. And uh, this, we'll get to it. But the big thing here is Tony getting a chance to see Howard Stark one more time, which was very sweet, especially because they're both talking about fatherhood. Like Tony's new to it. Howard's about to, to, deal, to deal with it. Uh, it, it felt very thematically right. Because um, this could be the last time we see Howard Stark, I feel. Mm-hmm. And uh, so as I was able to point out, which I recognized, they, he called his uh, driver Jarvis, who was apparently on Agent Carter. Yeah, he was one of the main characters. Um, he is it Paul Bettany? It is not Paul Bettany. Okay, but that is... who played him on the show. Yes, yes. And he was the yeah. namesake for the AI that became uh, Vision. Right. So nice little touch. That's that might. I'm wondering if that's the first TV-created character to appear in the movies. I believe it is. Uh, oh, wait. Was uh, the agent from S.H.I.E.L.D. In, in Winter Soldier, too, right? He was uh, in the, in the, movie in the movie before that. He was already in the movie. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay, Jarvis is the... It's the OG, maybe. He's the first one to make it from the TV shows. Yeah, to the, yeah. To the movie. I don't see the Netflix shows doing that now, but maybe someone from uh, Agents of Shield or the Netflix shows can do that. We'll see. Okay, so last one, the heavy one, and I literally wasn't thinking about this until the word Vormir pops up. I'm like, oh shit! I just remembered Infinity War. What has to be done? Right. I remember we, when, as they were as they were on their way, I went, oh yes, right, and it was two people who. You gotta wonder what would have happened if it was two people who didn't care for about each other. <laughs> And I gotta give them credit, as this scene plays out, when they realize the rules and it cuts to them later, they're, just, they're really trying to figure it out. I was like, I literally do not, I am, it is a coin toss, which one's gonna go? And it turns out, that's one thing I love, there are like three fake outs. Like, like, they're talking to each other, like, Clint throws Natasha on the ground, starts running, she, she, she shocks him, starts running, he throws a spoken arrow at her and runs, then that moment he jumps off the cliff, and for a brief second, I'm like, oh, fuck, it's him. But then she jumps and grabs him and rapples on. And when I see that we were in this situation, you know, too much weight, you got to let me go. That's it for Natasha. I love any movie where two characters uh, compete killing. <laughs> kill themselves first. Well, I also like the name of the trope I'm talking about, the whole handing on, you got to let me go. Uh, the PS4 Infamous game had a great moment of that towards the end. And Tales from the Borderlands, they make a joke out of it at one point. I will say... One thing that distracted from me is that they reuse both the music and the shot from how her body was splayed out compared to Mora's death, which I kind of felt that they, wish they'd made this more its own thing. But props to Jeremy Renner for when he wakes up afterward, he really sells the grief of this because we've known for a long time like these two are BFFs and neither – that's why each one wanted to go. They're like, I don't want you. And granted, I'm sure part of Nat's – Reasoning was, you know, they say afterward, did you have any family? And it was, and they're like, it was just us. But while Hawkeye was doing this to get his family back, still hurt, still hurt. And now I'm like, I was wondering beforehand, is her movie that's coming going to be a prequel? I'm like, well, now it has to be. It's definitely not a regular sequel. Cause... No, but it makes sense because yeah. I have something to point out. Other than Tony, she's been around the longest because she was in Iron Man 2. She was around before mm-hmm. all the others. And, you know, ScarJo is big enough to work on other things and move on and – so it's kind of fitting. And, you know, she died tied into her her loneliness and her troubled life and sacrificing for the greater good. But I'm so glad we're going to get one more one more shout out to the char- to her character, one more spotlight later on, because there's still a lot about her we don't know. Okay, that wraps up. So let's get to – this is where we start to get into the uh, third movie, the big finale. And I'll just play it right now. This was my favorite. 
This, this was is incredible. This, this is what yeah. everything is adding up to. This is like the you're never going to experience something like this again. This is all the payoffs. Like any complaints I would have about pacing or you know disorientation of the different feels and structures, it's worth it for what we get here. So first off, um, I like that. I saw some people complain. It makes sense that uh, if anybody knew how to make it else besides Peter Dinklage knew how to make a gauntlet, it's Tony. Um, I, I also. Um... You know, I, I was thinking about this too. Like, um, so they all uh, return to the uh, to the, the compound. About, yeah, the compound. A few minutes later, and um, obviously Nat's not there, and they're all trying to figure out what to do. Yeah, personal grieving. This point, yeah, at, at this point, uh, we have the we have all the stones. We also have more pin particles, so they could go back and try again if they wanted to try to figure out a way to get. The, the stone back and, and maybe I don't know oh, I, no I guess there's really no way they, they could have changed that but I was going to say you, the the thing that I noticed is like that was really the only opportunity they had to to get that back because once Thanos has it you can't get him so hmm. well, you have also, to sacrifice somebody for me what I was what was gnawing on my mind was I we they don't know but we do the nebula there is an imposter Mm-hmm. And actually, when they did the uh, shot where everybody was coming back, it was really focusing on her. And they were going, where's Ned? I heard a girl go, no, you mean where's Nebula? And I wanted to go, no, she's there. But uh, it all it took was putting that one like frame on her face that she upgraded with over time. So I, another thing I like about the new gauntlet they built is that its size is adaptable. I think this is tie into, you know, the kind of morphing nano machine stuff that Tony had been doing over time. Because you look at it, it reshapes itself when they when Hulk puts it on. And I like the fact they had to actually think about who can use this and who should use this. And when Bruce brought up, like, the big thing, like, because we already knew, like, most of the stones, some of the stones, particularly the orb, the power stone, a normal human can't use that thing without dying. And he's and, saying, well, go ahead. We also learned in uh, Avengers that it they radiate gamut. Yes. And so, so that's why he says it's kind of like I'm built for this because that's what gave me my power. Right. Very happy. It's almost like this was the reason why this always happened. Yeah. yeah. Gamma and, and the force of it. Like he and Thanos still survive using their snaps, but their arms are right. fucked up. So I think it's like both radiation and just it takes a lot out of you. So I love that Thor wants to do it. And they are all like, nope, 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 nope. One thing I got to appreciate there that this clarified for me because the first movie didn't really explain at all what were the mechanics of the gauntlet and how was it. How were, what were the exact ways that it would carry out Thanos' will? Basically, it's thought-driven. It is, you focus your thought on a specific action, and the snap is the actual, is an actual mechanic. Like, that's, like, the button you push, or the switch you pull. Um, I heard some people say it's kind of like a genie lamp. Um, but with very limited use. Even people like Thanos and Hulk, like, they're not, I think they're all like, let me not use that again. Or, you know, our, the original Thanos did, but that second time reduced him to basically nothing. So, Interesting thing. So we, when he does the snap, we don't see people resurrecting. And I didn't realize this until, until um, well, two things happen. Hawkeye gets a call from his wife. Again, great acting from Jeremy Renner. And Ant-Man looks out and notices in that garden area there are now birds where there weren't before, which I didn't realize the first time. That's what makes him go, guys, we think we did it. And then I love this transition. It's still this serene music and no sound. Hulk is lying on the ground looking up. And for us, like one second, you see this missile and this huge ship. And all hell breaks loose. Like, in the span of 20 seconds, Thanos decimates the compound. It's horrifying. And uh, it's nice that they all survive, but uh, 
some of them are in very perilous situations now. You cut to Hulk, Rocket, and Rhodes. This place is flooding. Everything's collapsing. Rocket's being crushed. Like, it's it's intense. And I will say, um, so this final fight, we actually had, they did show some shots from it in the trailers, but they weren't showing anybody besides, you know, the survivors, Thanos, and this dark sky and wreckage. Like, this could be anywhere. Um, but one, I think it's fitting that it's at the Avengers headquarters. And two, I love that I realized the sky went dark from all the ash, all this, all this smoke and ruin. And I love this atmosphere. Like this is the battlefield that I imagined. It was either this or somewhere in space. Like this is where the final showdown takes place. It's very, very fitting. And uh, props to all the artists who had to create that stuff. Do you have anything you want to say about this? You've been very quiet. No, uh, I, I agreed. Like this is all getting to like where when things start to get really fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had fun in the middle, but it was not as epic or payoffy right. for in smaller ways, like with uh, Howard Stark. So I will say a big complaint. Another big complaint I'm seeing people have that I think is valid is that Thanos is much less memorable in this. Both because one, you're technically seeing a different Thanos for most of it, and two, way less screen time here. Like people said, he was basically the main character in Infinity War, but I guess the movie was like his arc is done. Let's have him. Yeah, this movie's not about it. No. Uh, but make no mistake, this past Thanos, still pretty much as formidable and smart as the first, other than not having the gauntlet. I liked the fact that, you know, he's, we know that he's thinking about uh, something now, but is it the same plans before or what? And so he tells Nebula, go and get the gauntlet. He's like, she's like, well, what are you going to do? And he just sits down and takes his helmet off and goes, wait, really nice way of showing how he's still scheming and yeah. two steps ahead of people. So beginning of this fight, I Man, I'm just so happy we did get a Thanos versus those big initial three. There's Tony, there's Cap, there's Thor. It's just them. Because we got a lot of him and Tony in the in Infinity War. A little bit of him and Thor in the opening. He and Cap did not share a single word with each other. So I was hoping they would get a second go. I assumed they would. And again, this is when we uh, Thanos has another very good monologue. Again, still good writing from him. Good mo-cap and Josh Brolin performance. And holy shit, if you thought his first plan was horrible before, <laughs> he, because he was saying, like, well, I've seen now, my plan isn't going to work. There's going to be too much resistance and, and efforts against it. So I'm like, what? Are you going to be a good guy? I, I did not know what was with him. He's like, well, now I see I have to tear this universe apart to nothing and build a new universe from scratch my own. Like, now he is literally going to destroy, he wants to play God and destroy everything. I was like, fuck. Yeah. And I'm not gonna lie, I was wondering if one of the twists was gonna be something like that happens and they have to reconstruct. I'm glad they didn't. That would have been weird. But that, and then, you know, they're, they all get to say stuff to him and Cap is like, it'll be built on blood. And he's like, and that, his last line before the fight starts, they won't know because he won't be around to, to tell them. And that's when he yeah. just goes, and he's got this awesome, it's like, imagine the Darth Maul lightsaber, but a regular sword. I like it's, this. It's, uh, it looks kind of like a helicopter. He uses it like a blade. Um, yeah. They're throwing stuff at him, and he spins it inhumanly fast. And so I'm going back and forth here. So you get some brief cutbacks to what's going on inside the, the compound, because the gauntlet is with uh, with uh, with Clint. He's This was shown in the trailer. He's running down these tunnels, and they've got those big, you know, forearm monsters from Finny Ward back after him. I like the fact that he makes use of both the bow and the sword, because when he's, like, taking himself up and he's cutting them in half, it's like his new skills had a purpose. Yeah. Um, and then one bit that maybe it, it's I guess it's in contrast it made me really sad where Hulk's still holding up to the ceiling but Rhodey and Rocket are trapped in this room that's flooding mm. 
And Rhodey is just telling him, see you on the other side. And Rocket is just full on whimpering. Like, ah, That's really oh, it's the most terrified you've ever seen Rocket. And I felt so bad for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then but we see that Ant-Man is coming towards him. We don't see what's going to happen. But they're saving that as part of the the holy shit moment. Actually, no. Before that holy shit moment. Uh, so Thanos throws uh, Cap and Tony aside. Tony's knocked out. Cap, we don't see where he is. And Thor is – it's awesome that now he has Mjolnir and Stormbreaker. But even then, I'm like, like I said, this – even without the stones, Thanos is a beast. Yeah. And he is – I like that. He's He has Thor pinned down. Thor tries calling Stormbreaker. He grabs it because then that's one's not tied to anyone. He's going to just try and like stab him in the chest. And again, we see far off, Mjolnir gets, goes up. We're not seeing how it's picked up. We see it thrown, hit Thanos, zoom back. He's Cap is worthy. Oh my god, this is amazing! My this is audience thinks ever lost their shit. It, it it's falling out on a little joke from Age of Ultron. We never expected anything to come from that. That mm-hmm. part at the party, one of the best parts of that movie, with Ultron taking turns. Cap makes a budge an inch, and you see Thor's face drop. And so now here's Thor saying, "I knew it." Yeah, Q. he totally saw it, and he was like, "I knew that <laughs> that you'd be able to do." And it now too. he's at a part where he's actually really happy. That is true, right? And there's Cap tag teaming the shield and Mjolnir, Lord, shit, able to summon the thunder and lightning. God damn. That is <laughs> Steve Rogers' triumphant moment of the whole MCU. I'm saying it here. Yeah, no, that, that was ugh, amazing. That's so good. One of the things you did not, nobody saw coming, but we were all thrilled to see it. Mm-hmm. And well, it's, it's funny. I, I will say one of the things that I, I was worried had gotten spoiled for me was that. Somebody on Reddit had posted this thing where, like, they're like, oh, I, I, there's going to be a point in the movie where... Because I, I believe this came from a toy that had come mm-hmm. out, or a Lego toy, where mm-hmm. the design of the gauntlet was, like, visible. So they were like, oh, it's going to be... It, it's like, you know, a heist movie, and they, they're they trying to make a new gauntlet, but yeah. Thanos is attacking. And so they were like, Captain America dies when he's fighting off... Yeah. Thanos is horde with Mjolnir, and it's uh, that they got the time heist or whatever. They didn't say time heist though, because they were just it was all it was all speculative. And I Scott remember wasn't there it, to went, coin the term, right? I went, oh man, this is this sucks. I didn't want to know this. This, and then I kept thinking about it. I went, wait a minute, I, these MCU movies are, are very well made, and I don't think Captain's going to die. That I think that he's going to have a better moment. But then when Thor gets Mjolnir. No, they did bring Mjolnir back. Maybe that is what happens. Oh, you had spoiled. And then, well, well, no, I got. I'm telling you what spoiled was. They said Captain's gonna die. Oh, fighting off Thanos's army with uh, Thor's hammer, and I went, "That's not gonna happen." Well, and then when he got the hammer, I went, "Oh no, he that that's not in when oh. Captain America got." The hammer in this movie, I didn't think that was true anymore because what they had said was. And wrong. So now, were you worried he was gonna die? No, at this point, I knew he was not going to die. Oh, but I was worried until that had happened because they because the plot that they had said when they had said that was wrong. Okay, so yeah, everything yeah. else was wrong. I actually, the yeah. fact that he that he had Mjolnir, and I was I, like, I was like, that sucks because I want to see Mjolnir, but I don't want that to be how he dies. I, and then I actually turns out I got the best of both worlds. Yeah, I read it just a couple days ago. I was looking up some guy that supposedly months ago leaked the entire first act. All BS. So thank God. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that's what it was from. Oh, okay. So the thing is, yeah, there's this great moment of Cap just decimating Thanos. Just, but 
it can't last. Like I said, this is the moment I think that is most effective at showing Thanos' strength because not only does he beat the shit out of Steve with that sword, he cuts the shield to ribbons. Remember, this is something Mjolnir couldn't even, like, done. And Thanos just has his own brute force and a sword, and he destroys it. Yes, yeah, terrifying. No, no stones. No Infinity Gauntlet. Yes, just yes. Thanos. So now it kind of makes sense. He could, he could also knock out the Hulk with only two stones. Um, and I will say, I'm just remembering now, when I was, my speculation about, well, you know, when these movies were first announced, we knew it was going to be Thanos the Stones. I was like, how are they even going to get near him? How the fuck? Like, he controls time and space. How is he going, how are they even going to approach him? Well, the workaround was, first movie, have him accomplish his goal. Second one, have an alternate him who is trying to get the gauntlet. So there you go. And, but, so again, after this, this, you know, this smackdown, then it smack, switch, switches, and he decimates Steve, and it gets even worse. Here comes the army. Black Order's back. Those the those big pyramids full of the forearm guys, actual armed troops, the big dragon things from Avengers One. It's like fuck, and this is actually my favorite shot in the whole film. This wide open shot, oh, yes, 100%. it is beautiful, and I will absolutely make my wallpaper when I get the Blu-ray. Where it's just Steve on his lonesome with the lone, the only shine, uh, rays of light shining through, and this insurmountable odds on the other side. And he's and stepping th- up to it. It's so good. And this is where I was thinking. He's going to make a last stand. Something's going to have to turn the tide over all, you know, not going to lose this battle. But before it happens, Cap has got to, you know, go down like a soldier. And then the headset comes on and there's this voice saying, Steve, you there? And it's garbled. I honestly thought it was uh, Tony at first. Mm -hmm. Then Cap, it's Sam on your left. (laughs) Cue... The only time I've seen an audience screaming for like two, three minutes straight. Yeah. This was beautiful. This each, was each be- section of characters that appear in this got like solo applause breaks to yes. the audience that I watched it. And with I'll the other say night. I'd been guessing like if the you know, if assuming this retroaction we're all betting on happens, it has to be by the climax. Like they have to it's gonna be feel like a missed opportunity if they don't, you know, take part in this final battle. And yeah, still these characters, they're not the focus of the movie. Some of them don't get lines, but it starts out real quietly too. You see this little wet to get closer. It's Okoye, T'Challa, and Shuri. Another opens. You know, people cheering for that. Then Doctor Strange appears. The Guardians appear. Spider-Man appears. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think they have some of the loudest cheers because of how devastating his death was. You know, Groot and Bucky are leading another army. Strange. He's brought Wong and all the, all the mystics from the world. And I also the, think I, I might have missed this. I might have to go back, but I think the uh, Ravagers are there too. It was either that or the uh, Nova ships, maybe both. Yeah. I, the, the ships that maybe I recognized both. were from Wakanda. Yeah, definitely um, the but, Wakanda ships. Yes, they go. They take it a step further. Like here's Valkyrie and Korg. Here's the Wakandan army. Here's the, the here's the Asgardians. Here's it's nuts. And again, if they had had all these movies here before, this would mean nothing. But instead. It's what we've been wanting. It's what we've been, which they've earned over, over 20 movies. Mm-hmm. And they all line up. The, the cheering starts to die down. But then Tony and Thor show up. The hammer comes back into, into, uh, cap. Avengers assemble. Cue another scream and they finally play the theme. It's mm-hmm. go time. Oh! And Giant Man comes out with Hulk, Rocket, and, and Rhodey in new armor and guns. 
Right. That's what yeah. he goes. Uh, and Wa- or, uh, Doctor Strange back says, too? is that everybody? And then Wong goes, did you want some, yeah. somebody else? And then we get those five show up. Like, yes. It was like, yes, here's even more I forgot people. Wasp is there. Pepper has her armor. Mm-hmm. That was another holy shit moment. And it's go time. And it, it and kicks this, off this with... Thing, when, when Cap says Avengers Assemble is something that is such is so earned because like yeah they only ever teased it once which is age of ultron they didn't do it oh he's never said the full thing before he's literally never said it this was the first time he ever said it wow and that is so much better because at the end of age of ultron they go avengers Avengers, credits doesn't say it and i was like it's so much better that he didn't say it and then they do it here because it really does make it feel Mm. so much more special this is the moment i'm like this is the moment i'm like maybe other moments maybe this we're never gonna see this again not even in the yeah. MCU. It, it, mic drop. Yeah, <laughs> and it's insane. And kicking it off with Ant Man charging forward, knocking out one of those sky dragons like Hulk did. Like, yeah, he's very useful here. Awesome. Um, okay, so real quick, uh, this big battle. I wanted to bring up. I asked Patrick. Like I said, I teared up twice. Once when Scott and Cassie reunited, and the very, very last scene, which we'll get to. Patrick's tearing up moment was when Tony reunited with Peter, which starts out really funny because it's Peter's doing his usual fanboyish rambling. And I love that he, he says, I, I passed out for a few minutes. Then Dr. Strange said, wake up. It's been five years. He doesn't realize all this. And Tony doesn't even say anything. He just hugs him. Yeah. It's such a relief that he was able to save him. This and is so- also a moment where you can tell that it is a situation where they did not want Tom Holland to, to know what was happening in this yes. scene because they, the, he, when he's having this conversation with Tony, his head is turned away from the camera and you can tell that they ADR'd his eyes. Oh! <laughs> Damn it, Tom. Yeah, if you go back and watch it, it's very clear that he did not shoot that. Precautions had to be taken because this one kid who won't shut up. <laughs> From that, oh my god! Uh, um, okay, so but again, it is a sweet moment, and I think Patrick. If we go back. We talked about in our initial episode. We talked about our fandom of Spider Man. He's read more comic books than me, and also we grew up on the '90s cartoon and Raimi movies. So Spider Man means a lot to him, and so obviously it was this was very satisfying. So we'll get to how this battle ends, but there's a lot, still a lot more that happens. There's still more oh shit moments, but basically the crux of it becomes hot potato with the gauntlet once Clint gets there. And at first they're telling him to get it away, far away from here, but then they're like, well, there's this ship destroy the portal, but oh, another great callback. Uh, Scott goes, I think I might know another. He presses button and we hear Luis's horn. Anybody know where an ugly brown van is? <laughs> and so that becomes the new get it there. And we do get some other nice payoffs. I really like Scarlet Witch's moment. She was rightfully pissed because Vision is gone. And that was also another change position where she's like, you took everything. And he's like, I don't even know you. You will. I was actually throughout it being like, okay, you know what? I'm actually not sure at this moment who's going to be the one to deliver the killing blow to Thanos. Because I've been assuming it's going to be one of the main ones, but maybe they could throw a curveball. And it's like, he's almost done here. She's like tearing him apart. But then, you know, rain fire. Those ships are still there and oof. So it, they, I guess they have to take a, they take a break. Oh no, they don't have to reload. The 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 next holy shit moment. Friday is saying to Tony, something's coming from the atmosphere. I gotta say, there was a girl in my audience who went Loki. <laughs> nope, better. Finally, when time is right, Carol's here and she's like, "Oh, you got a big warship? That's great." 
it's gone. And then, of course, Steve says the right thing and says, we need help down here. And, oh, I love when she, you know, it's Peter's demeanor for the first time. And he's just like looking all shaken up. Like, hi, I'm Peter Parker. Hey, Peter. And I was wondering if he was going to ask, please tell me, like, you're on our side. Because he, he has no idea who this is. He didn't uh, seem concerned. Uh, also, though, at the same time, I think, I can't remember if it's, if it's when she takes him. But when he has a gauntlet, it ends up, oh, no, he takes it from T'Challa. Because, like, all these characters are, are going back and forth with it. Valkyrie takes him. And he goes, hey, I'm Peter. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, giant laser beams, Pegasus. Crazy day. I'm trying to remember if it was Captain Marvel or someone else. I think this is the other part that got a big, big, uh, big cheer, though I, I had some problem with it. The, she's got help. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if it's Captain Marvel, but somebody, might be Okoye or Scarlet, is like, no, she's not gonna do this alone. And it's basically every remaining girl. Actually, I didn't see Gamora, I don't know, I don't know if Gamora and Nebula were there, but it was. They were. Okay, it was them, Pepper, it's, Mantis, Okoye, Shuri, Wasp. Everyone except Nat. Right, which is obvious reasons. what they did at Infinity War. Which yeah. once you go back and watch Infinity War, you go, "Oh, that's why they did it with her there, so that they would." I they guess. Do it here. I think my problem is it felt a lot more organic Infinity War. This, I was kind of like, "Why are they all just suddenly there and just them?" I, I'm all for you know promoting this girl stuff, but uh, could have been more set up. Oh, and one little quip, I'll say both this. And when the battle started, and we see Mantis running there, I'm like, "What the hell is she gonna do?" Like, there's a reason we don't see her fighting. Uh, though I guess at the end we do learn she loves knives. Yeah. Like, she I, also, she does have a really great moment in Infinity War though, where she is using her empathy to like really fuck with I guess uh, what I'm saying, like she has great lines in Infinity War and she has a point in there. They save her. She's hidden until they have Thanos trapped and then she portals down and knocks him out. Like, mm-hmm. not so simple here because they're fighting like millions of things. So I'm like, yeah, I have no idea what she was doing during the fight. Uh, and I say that as someone who loves Mantis, but, uh, she has her place. <laughs> and, so that happens. All right. So we, I think, yeah, we're getting down to the wire of this here where it starts to become like Thanos has gotten really close to the gauntlet. It's getting knocked out often. So basically this comes down. I say this last part is basically him, Carol, Strange, and Tony is who's involved. He is able to grab it and unfortunately it puts an adapt and adapts to his fingers. And so he's about to do the snap. And man, Carol stops him like a millisecond before – that yeah, first, I was like, fuck. Oh, okay. And then here, okay, we do get, I was like, we want to see, she needs a moment with Thanos. And I was like, oh, there's a great moment here when he headbutts her. Mm-hmm. It's both, she has this look of, did you really just do that? And then I swear, it's the most terrified he's ever looked. But again, I he's got a, She did not even react to it. No, and that's what freaks him out. She was already giving this intense okay. stare. And, but then, you know, they found the legit way around this. He wrenches the power stone out. And just blows her into the next week. Like, she's punched hard. She's far away. And this is the moment where the music goes quiet. Uh, Strange and, and Tony are next to him. And Strange can't help because there's that... The battleship crashing caused a flood he's stopping. And I love this. This no dialogue part. They look at each other and Strange really slowly, with that quivering hand, won. Mm-hmm. And that's when it hits Tony. And I think it hits all of us what needs to happen here because yeah he keep fighting thanos but eventually he was going to pull it off and a great another great fake out here where he comes out and he looks like we think he's trying to wrench it off he punches him away i am inevitable takes him to gloat and then i love that little clunk like it's not a snap it's like just a metal clunk that's what happens when you do it with nothing in there mm-hmm. pan over they get absorbed in iron man with the gauntlet audience freaks out and his final words i am iron man the snap here also is bigger. It's like a gunshot. The previous two snaps were just kind of like 
click bang. This was like this is the definitive snap. Yeah, and that's it. The really nice scene, very quiet of Thanos watching very solemnly his entire army dissolve. Rocket gets saved last minute too. Like one of the dragons is about to eat him and just disintegrates the second before. This and, is great too because it's such an inverse the way it. Um, it's it's the same shot Infinity from yeah, the Infinity it's, War of how it's the of same how it, feeling, but it, it feels so different. The camera great. rotates around him and he sits down, but this is for the first and last time Thanos has put steps defeat and failure. And I'll give it to him; he signified about it, like he bows his head as he disintegrates. But mm-hmm. goddamn, was that satisfying to watch? There's a reason it went on after all the pain this guy has caused and his stubbornness. Like, yeah, he was capable of caring, but he did it terribly, too, with Gamora. But it's a fitting end, gotta say. He doesn't even say anything, but I'm like, that is a satisfying last shot of Thanos. But, you know, I think we're all in the back of our heads. Yeah, but what about Tony? And that's all, folks. Gotta say, um, I thought it was very fitting the last three people who saw him were Peter, Rhodey, and Pepper. Made a lot of sense. I've never actually seen a death be like that either, where usually... You know, they're, like, coughing and talking. He can't even move. Like, he's almost paralyzed. Yeah. It's really sad. Um, it's very sad. And I wasn't sure if he actually said something, but rewatching the people, he his last words are very, very faint. When Pepper goes up, he goes, hey, Pepper. I think the most impactful moment is her last words to him. Do you remember what they were? You could rest now? We're going to be okay. You can oh, rest now. Because he had been so worried about his family now, and, you know, he had a daughter, and, like, but she was... You get the feeling she would have been bracing herself for something like this because it's only once she's finally gone that she – he's finally gone that she breaks. And what a great visual, the reactor turning off because it was still synced with his visuals. And yeah, I didn't cry because I'd been bracing myself for this for years. But still, this is a character we followed for 11 years. He's been through a lot. He's, we started this journey with him and his journey's over. Mm-hmm. And I will also say – the next, this scene and the next, like, two minutes after it, I think this is the only time I've heard multiple people, not sniffing in the theater, sobbing, like, from different corners of the theater. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, not gonna make fun of any of you for that. And then actually the part that got me more, we, I, yeah, we had, Haw- we got, we got a bunch of silent parts. We got Hawkeye and his family. I like that we get to see Peter go back to school and see Ned, who I'm guessing got dusted too, because they're the same age. And no, the, the funeral. It's the one-two punch of the float with proof that Tony Stark has a heart. And then that long, long pan, the other most impactful way to do it, everybody here, um, including our one-shot of Fury. There's Rhea Hill. And the one that took me a while to figure out, that teenage boy, I heard people going, wait, who is that? Do you know who that was? Yeah, Harley from Iron Man 3. Yep, Ty Simpkins, but he's way older. And I didn't realize that, but when I did, I was like, holy shit, they... Oh, I, I realized that immediately, and I started crying very hard. <laughs> For some reason, I was the one that really got that. Me. Really, was just showing everything came full circle. Mm-hmm. He was one the, he was great. He was great in Iron Man three. That kid, and yeah, it's nice that good. and that he's doing well because he's in like Jurassic World and stuff. So it's nice that they one more callback of like someone who had a, who Tony had a big impact on. And then the last part of that, another I think another beautiful meta thing was Happy talking to Morgan, mm-hmm. the cheeseburger talk because it's it's right. John Favreau. Right. Well, it's also what uh, in Iron in, Man 1. Yeah, I want an American yeah. cheeseburger first. So it's right. like – and he's starting to tear up when he said that. I'm like, that is such a smart, beautiful move, like ending this scene with 
you know, the filmmaker who took that risky first step. I also like that little moment with uh, Clint and Wanda. Because, like, yeah, he, even though he got his family back, there's still some losses there. Because I do want to touch on, so we, I remember speculating, are the people who died individually in Infinity War going to come back? And basically, no. Loki and Heimdall are gone. Vision is gone. That Gamora is gone. And then let's get to closing the stuff with uh, Thor and the Guardians. Because, mm-hmm. holy shit. If you thought yeah. if you thought Ragnarok was subverting Thor, he is leaving being a king behind. He's acknowledged how much he's fucked it up. Valkyrie is worthy of this thing. And she asks him, so what are you going to do next? And he's like, I don't know. For the first time in a thousand years, I have no idea. And it's actually comforting. Yeah, so, I... I think that this is great because I Thor literally never wanted, and I like that going back to Thor Ragnarok conversation that the two of them had was you know, I, I essentially like Asgard you know, is, isn't a place; it's a state of being. Well, no, it's the, they have a conversation about how like she doesn't want to deal with Thor and get drawn up into all this like family drama with him and everything that the role oh, now of she Asgard. Won't have to. And now, yeah. Now he's like, no, you get the role Asgard on your own. It's not about me. It's not about my family. I'm giving you that the yeah. power. My family's dead and I'm leaving. And yeah. who is he? Who is? Well, one thing I wonder if it, I, I do wonder now if we'll be seeing a, an Asgard movie or show, like what are Valkyrie Corp going to make up to? Cause I think I'd be down for that. Tessa Thompson's I, a big, big deal. They I think feel like they'll, they're going to bring Valkyrie. Yeah. Um, but here's the other thing. Around. When it's like revealed, so where's Thor's going? Then cut to Rocket. Hey, come here. Holy shit. Thor's a guardian. And Yeah, I, I'm interested to see where, where, where they go with this. Because I, I guess well, Taika Waititi had pitched a Thor for, so I guess that he will he he is planning on making another movie. Oh. Well, but yeah, so. well, I mean, who knows? Who knows? They have not officially... Guardians 3 is confirmed. They have not said anything about... Thor 3, and, you know, there was a brief moment there where Guardians 3 was in peril, but Cooler has prevailed, thankfully. And so I was like, holy shit for two things. Um, one, James Gunn is going to get to direct Chris Hemsworth, and I cannot wait to see what he does with that. Uh, okay, okay so three things. Two, I'm really curious to see Thor might have some sort of arc in Guardians 3. Like, what will the next step in his journey be? And will they look the same? Like, we've gone from the old look to the Ragnarok look to this look. Like, what is the next crazy thing going to be? But three, again, I feel like they're spread, they're, the most seeds are sown here for Guardians, I'd say, compared to everybody else. Because there's that brief moment of, we know we don't see where this other Gamora goes after the battle ends. Because the portal was destroyed. She can't go back to her timeline. She knows she's supposed to end up with Quill. And Nebula told her what happened to the two of them. But she just... We don't know where she's gone by the end. She may have fled to some part of the galaxy. And he's, like, searching the galaxy for signs of her not seeing anything. So it's like, after everything they went through, he has to start from scratch. And it's a very interesting twist in things. So there's two crazy, you know, threads for us to see in Guardians 3. And who knows what else to throw at us. Especially because James Gunn wants Mark Hamill in that movie. And holy shit, I would love that. Um... And this is where we get one more little joke where we're talking about dueling. <laughs> just made this out of nowhere. Oh, yes, use knives. Like, who knew she could be so violent? Also, Groot's voice sounded deeper. His one, I am Groot. I'm like, is he going more through puberty? I'm like, what's the Groot in 3 going to be like? Because they want, they, obviously, they want to do it from Groot each time. So, who knows? And, yeah, here we are. We get this. I did mention, I want to say we got this beautiful speech from Tony. Like, this last will he recorded. I liked the Wakanda one. That, or, or Scott with, uh, with Hope and Cassie. Even if it was like, even if we never get another movie from these guys, is it would be a good place to leave them. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, the last scene. Wow. So they're tying up loose ends where, you know, Bruce is keeping good on his promise of taking the stones back. And Malnir. Like I said, I missed that the first time. So Bucky and Falcon are back. And when Bucky, you know, they're talking by and Bucky, you know, one way or another, Bucky realized what was about to happen. And he says, I'm going to miss you. I'm like, wait, this isn't going to be as straightforward as I think. And what's happening here? And then like, okay, he's not going to come back when the countdown ends. So what the fuck is happening? And then he's like look over there i'm not gonna lie that silhouette on the stump he looks so skinny i was like did he become skinny again somehow yeah no um one last effective use of that old age makeup a very clint eastwood looking chris evans um i'm guessing they, they modified his voice somehow good acting from either way and this one last very quiet very touching exchange um what the plan was where you know, because one thing that we talked about is the tragedy of what happened with him and Peggy. And, you know, he has, he just hasn't been able to have a normal life. You know, he spent years as a fugitive. He was an army grunt. Like, just, he never really has to live a normal life. And he said, I took Steve's advice. I went back to, and I'm going to say it here. People are saying, like, so was he here this whole time, this timeline? I'm like, no, this was another divergent one. And I guess the idea is at some point, maybe when she died or, or I don't know when, he warped back manually and he's going to spend his last days in his original timeline. And there's that nice exchange. So where Sam goes, how was it? And he just simply goes, it was beautiful. And another moment, I think we talked about this, the likelihood of this. And Tyler, I got to say, you were like, no, Bucky's going to be the next cap. <laughs> Falcon is Captain America. And yeah, this is, this was a good choice. I, I think so too, because looking back, I, I wonder if this was essential. Do you remember he met Sam at a, uh, that group for like a uh, can't remember it was for, it was for veterans. Well, technically, he met Sam while they were running around. But that, but after that, just to show like their morals and stuff. But you're right, yeah. That, on your left, that callback started the great mm-hmm. scene. Um, but yeah, you kind of see like Stan may not have as crazy a past. He may not have a serum in him, but he's very much got the same morals that the moniker and and Chris were about. And this is it's uh, it's also one of those things where I I think that this is always like him being with how his art. And I'm really happy that that it ended this way with Peggy. Yeah. 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 And it's a nice way of being like, we didn't kill him, but you're probably not going to see him again. We could see but old you, man Steve. Yeah, but, but you don't need to. And he got No, you don't ending. need to. It's like Metal it's, it, this is the Metal Gear Solid 4 of, of Avengers movies for anybody who's played that game. Because um, same thing happened with Snake. Also, but I, I saw somebody else observing just real quick because, you know, not much Bucky in this, so, in either of these movies. So obviously they've still got plans for him. We know there's going to be a Netflix series with him and Sam. I'm wondering if it's going to be like before Infinity War or something because it's wrong with Bucky and Falcon. I think it's uh, it's probably after. I, I saw somebody pointing out together. we got to wonder if he's going to become a big player in Wakanda because that's where he's been recovering. Mm-hmm. Could be the new the new arm is Shuri. He he was in the robes. I'm like if he's a side character in Black Panther two, I'm all for that. Or who knows? Maybe he'll go solo like like Ronan did. Like obviously they're not done with Bucky, Sebastian, Stan, but. What will happen next with him is anybody's call. And they've been quiet about, will there be another Captain America movie? Like, I don't know. Will they want to test the waters by making Sam a side character for one more movie? Or are they going to go in there? Though I got to say, it's going to be a nice, it's going to be very progressive to go right to a, a black cap. I, I, I feel like that's what the nice thing if they do go with the TV show being after. Nah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's yeah. a more inexpensive way to take that risk. But right. at the same time, well, I guess it's like Black Panther did so well, but this isn't, T'Challa is not stepping take is like taking the mantle from one of the most beloved characters right. so we'll see what happens uh, but i think it also i like anthony mackie uh 
only other movie I saw him in was Hurt Locker, which I didn't even like, but he's wonderful in it. Um, have you seen that movie? Um, I've seen bits and pieces of Hurt Locker, but I haven't watched them. Yeah, also where he's I saw Jeremy Renner. So also, many things. He, he, also, I saw Jeremy Renner for the first time. But there's a part where, because like, his, Mackie's character is pretty much the steady, responsible guy. There's a part where they're just standing on patrol and he breaks down talking about his family because, you know, they've been stationed in for so long and it's great. And I was like, I don't know who this guy is, but I like him. So when they're like, he's in this too, I'm like, awesome. And the last line, I just noticed Cap has the last line in both of these Avengers movies. In Infinity Wars, Oh God. And in this, that last exchange where when he gives him the shield, you see the wedding ring. And it's like, yeah. do you want me to tell her about her? And he's like, no, I don't think I do. Like, I'm going to keep this to myself. And if you had told me the credits were starting with an old 40s song, I would have been like, huh? But when I seen this, yeah. they kiss and it cuts to God. I cried. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you did it. It wasn't just that, you know, goes on Cap. It's like, it's the end. You can stop it here and I don't have one point. It, Bravo. Yeah. And and that's what I mean. Like, let, just look how long this episode had been. There's still so much we didn't talk about. Yeah. And, like, I... I, <laughs> I took the day after off from work because I just wanted to dwell on it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was relieved that they pulled it off and I was moved. And like I said, BitTorrented and wa- I've watched the last act like three times now. <laughs> they did it. What, 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 what can I say that I haven't already? Guys... It was beautiful. Yeah, it was... they they really did tie. It's it's all these movies like you know like we said they're all pretty good. Some of them are really great, and to take elements of all of those and add them together is just incredible. And the fact that it, it works and it's filled with like moments of excitement and fun and, and moments of sadness and sorrow mm-hmm. and just, balance the tones really well. I gotta say, it's you know dark. It's Fighting, all kinds of, and they really pull it all together, and it's such a, a great experience seeing with a huge. Yeah, and like we both said, we're probably never going to experience anything like this again. The MCU will continue. I'm sure we'll get another team up with the new guys, and that'll be cool. But you know, if they if say they tried to do something on this scale again a decade from now, who's to say it would go down as well? Mm-hmm. But, and, and the only the only thing that I think the reason why I'm like. I don't know how they could ever pull anything this big off again is that because this is an ending for so many of the original Avengers, it's right. hard to like, you know. It's this, one thing for people who came in midway to close, but these right. are like first three or four movies. Right. Like if we get a big finale for like all of the characters that we got introduced to more recently, I don't think it's going to be as impactful. No. Because we, we, they came at a point where we're used to how this, this series works. I'm just thinking back like – Seeing the first previews for Iron Man, having no knowledge of him, and being like, well, that's that's not going to be anything. And walking out floored, and seeing Nick Fury, and how ambitious we thought the first Avengers was. Like I said, it's just, then you look at that big reunion moment for the climax here, and you're just like, who 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 would have ever thought it could come to this? Who would have ever thought it could be this grand? And that's what I mean, like, the emotional investment we've built up, because I started with no expectations, and... Like I said, this was the first time I've been nervous about whether a movie would be good. Like, not just being disappointed, but, you know, lessening the impact of everything before it. And they knew what to do. They. Long story short, we both recommend Avengers again, Ken. Yeah. I, I apologize. I feel like in the second half of this, I kind of dominated this conversation, but you, I do like all the observations you brought in. And I want to thank you again for joining us on this two hour talk. We mm-hmm. didn't quite match the three hours, but 
Oh, and also no, no, no stingers. Yes, no stingers. People are upset, They're, but again, it felt right. Yeah, the the what is so great about the and that they do do is they have the sound clip. Yes, making the Iron Man suit in the original movie, which from the cave. People were like, is that Wolverine? It's like, no, guys, it's a callback. And again, it's great credits. Sound, I recognize that sound immediately, too. And like, I was like, that's definitely what that is. And again, great credits where we get all these people from different movies. And then for the Bane 6, there was like, like, kind of like an NFL-style autograph and best-of compilation. Yeah. It's like, it's we know, guys, There's this is a very special movie for very, very uh, multitude of reasons. And it was like, it felt like a thank you. And I think that's going to draw things to a close. I'll say right now, again, thanks to Tyler for agreeing to this. And someday I hope to have you on for something that episode that doesn't involve Marvel because you are into a lot of other things. I want to say, let's give you another chance to promote uh, where can people find you in terms of social media and podcasts? Uh, I am on Twitter at Tyler Molotrino. Um And I got a couple of podcasts. Uh, if you liked listening to this and you want to hear more, we have more uh, Endgame talk coming up on my podcast, The Silver Screen Breakdown, which is me and Zach Kindren. We talk about news, movie news. We talk about the box office, and then we review a new film every week. And we are going to be talking about Endgame this week. And I'm excited really to hear that. On that. So I, I'm excited. I, I think that conversation is going to be a lot of like, not just like how we felt about this, how it kind of breaks down through these 22 years and how... You know, 22 years. 22 <laughs> Give movies, time. 11 years, and this kind of like overarching story that they're kind of telling that yeah. might probably going to be where our conversation kind of leads to. Um, so I'm very excited about that. I'm also on an animation podcast called Generation Animation on FanOff where we talk about uh, all kinds of cartoons, all kinds of different cartoons, yes. um, all kinds of different things. A lot of cool interviews on there with, with, with people. We got some up that is really cool and, and and all kinds of yeah and real quick in the past i've said how many times we brought up jen Ann, but because we have we've i've seen we have many new listeners thanks to hey do you remember who might not have heard of them before i recommend them and chris and i have been on a couple times i think i know done like swat cats mtv spider-man both of us were on for samurai jack and chris was on for house moving castle and the steven universe season finale so, and uh, if you've listened to episodes with past guests, Felipe, Bianca, Bianca's actually on our last episode before this, Dave and Mark, they are all co-hosts. They have been co-hosting that at one point or another. So go check it out. Great show. And myself, you can find me, I'm kind of split up on social media these days, on YouTube and Twitter. My main account is Behonkis, B-E-H-O-N-K-I-S-S. Actually, I've shortened it on, on YouTube to just Behon, B-E-H-O-N. I'm kind of going to be going with that more a lot forward. Uh, I do drawings on Behon Art. Uh, at Behan Art. Um, I'm still working on my reanimate collab with WarioWare Gold, where we will be, me, Chris, and dozens of other artists will be recreating cutscenes from the latest WarioWare game. And I'm actually going to be starting on a new game review soon um, for YouTube with the animated cutaways. And it's actually relevant to stuff we mentioned earlier and I've talked in the past. I'm going to be doing a look back at Nintendo Power Rangers games because I used to rent some of those and there's some discovering and a lot of fun things to touch on. And real quick, I think that it's been long enough. I'm going to tease our next two episodes, one which, which was just decided today. So uh, for May's main episode, I'll try and get this one up before the end of April. I will be having a first-time guest on from another podcast, The Tune In Pod, uh, where some guys every week take a look back, uh, not just animation, but like retro stuff from the 80s and 90s with different series. 
Uh, they have a lot of fun, just both some of its nostalgic, some of its like, Tyler, you'll like, they just did a Street Sharks episode. Ah, uh, Street Sharks. They were left in pain. Classic. <laughs> uh, classic, sure. Uh, but, um, <laughs> but we were going to be doing something slightly less retro. We're going to be doing Hot Off Our Systems episode, a look back at Futurama. Very excited to talk about that. Love it. And after that, I have reached out to Chris again today because no, still no plans for me to be regular again, but he'll be a recurring guest. We're going to, I told him, let, are you, the past couple times you've been on, me or someone else pick the topic. What do you want to talk? And I think thanks to the launch of a recent new entry, he's like, let's talk Mortal Kombat. So it's still a little up in the air whether it'll be just newer games or an overarching look at a whole. So stay tuned to our Twitter for that and our Facebook. Uh, but I also want him on for our opening segments where we usually talk recent media. I want him to give his thoughts on Endgame because he gave thought he did the same uh, after we did our Infinity War episode. He gave his thoughts and he was on for our Brother Marvel episode and, and a lot of others. So I feel like it'd be fitting. I also want to get his final thoughts on Kingdom Hearts 3. When we did our retrospective, he had only played the first world. And I am really curious to see what he thinks about the rest of that game because people have some thoughts. Uh, so look forward to uh, the TuneIn Pods uh, guest appearance in May for Futurama and Chris with Mortal Kombat in June. That is going to do it for this minicast. I call it a minicast, but it's two hours long. But it's, it's a bonus, it's a spoiler cast. That's, that's what it is. Again, thank you to Tyler, and uh, thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you, Marvel, for pulling this off. And what's a good line to close this on from the movie? Tyler, I'm open to suggestions. You have a good little quip. Whatever it takes. Cheese whiz flows through my veins, but not really. Is he awake? Is he, is he asleep? Or is he dead? <laughs> Goodbye. Never thought that you would be standing here so close to me. There's so much I feel that I should say, but words can wait until some other day. Also, I just found out Howard the Duck was in the crowd at the end. Like I said, mic drop.